It is the 90s, and there is time for SoxCast episode 20, but it's actually the 26th one we've done. Hooray for us. I am your magnificently stupid and completely illogical and not awesome host, Polly. And to my immediate virtual right, if man is five and the devil is six, then that must make him seven. It's Rhett. Hi. How's it going? I'm a kid now. You are? I'm a squid now. Cool. We're really going. We're actually, like, when you look at the show notes this week, though, like, we're the only podcast not playing Splatoon. <laughs> yeah. We are so square. How's it, how's, it, how's it going, Rhett? I wish I had a Wii U right now. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. It's really, like, I've I been, really like, wish I had a Wii U, too. I've been, like... Like, I had to go to the store yesterday, and I ended up finding myself slinking down the electronics <laughs> aisle, uh, and they did not have any Wii U's, nor, really? did they, nor did they have any copies of Splatoon, and unfortunately, they'd had, they had no uh, Inkling Girl uh, Amiibos either. So, yeah, I ended up finding myself going down that hole of, well, maybe I go to the next store. No, stop it. <laughs> Don't do that. So, yeah... Uh, I'm, I don't really know why I'm resisting the urge to buy one. It's not like finances are the problem, but I guess I just, like, I've got so much other crap going on that I kind of want to get stuff out of the way. That way, when I pick up a Wii U, I've got this nice backlog of stuff to, you know, jump back into. That, and, and it's, it's just like, if I buy that and everything now, you know, it would just be like I'm getting into the hype, I guess. Yeah. And I don't really, like, you know, I, I'm kind of with Chelsea on this one. It's just like, I'll wait. A bit, and maybe, you know, the like, Splatoon will have uh, more content by the time I'm ready to jump on board the Wii U train. Someone pointed hope. out, like, if it's the kind of... It, they, we don't know quite yet if it's the kind of multiplayer game that still has people playing it after two weeks. Well, if Mario Kart's still got people playing, um, I, I am almost sure that that game's got yeah. some life in it. Um, I really hope so, because it looks so nice. I want to be able to play it in, like, a year when I have a Wii U. Yeah, yeah, and the, the, just the art, we're just gonna fucking talk about Splatoon now, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's just that, like, the, the entire thing about that game, the vibrant colors, the art style, the mechanics, how it's, like, oh, it's this big, like, this turf war kind of thing that you just don't see in games, and it's just, like, you know, it's like, I'm hesitant to even call it a shooter, because that's really not what it's about, you know, it's, like, splatting team, like, like splatting people on the other team is really not what it's about at all. Well, there was this article that people got mad about calling it a MOBA, and I'm like, yeah, I can totally see that, because it's about area control. It's yeah. not about killing cool. the other people. Because I really got into Monday Night Combat a couple of years ago, and that was more of a shooter, but it, the, it was still about controlling your area and pushing into the enemy's base to destroy it and not really killing other players. Hey, Rhett. Yeah? You want to push into my enemy base? <laughs> sure. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um... We all want to play Splatoon, and we're very sad. So if you came to this podcast looking for <laughs> all of the latest and greatest new stuff, we we might have you covered. I don't know. Uh, and to my immediate virtual left, his pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola. It's John Thayer. What? I mean, hi. <laughs> How's it going, John Thayer? I'm doing really well. You're podcasting outside. I'm sitting on a glassed-in porch. There's a bunch of trees outside. I have two giant cups of tea, some fans around me, so I feel pretty breezy. Um, it's dusk, but I'm meshed in against the mosquitoes and everything, so I'm protected. Damn. I'm feeling pretty good. That's good. Sounds like you are ready 
Ready for another fine episode of quality entertainment. <sighs> I always like to think of us as like the podcast that strives to be just a little more than meh. <laughs> and That's we have to do in school too. And we have a very special guest with us. He is a very prominent community member. He's been with our site for years. We all know him. We love him. He's taken the time to perfect the beat, and he's still got love for the streets. It's the Horch. Woo! I was How's trying it? to work up a burp, but I, I actually burped <laughs> in the middle of your conversation with Rhett, so I can't burp again. Oh well, you know what? Like, like I, I've not like we made this promise. I guess off like while we were setting up is like you know you're we're just going to allow Hutch to burp anytime he wants during this episode. <laughs> so if you want to keep count, like send send us in an accurate number of uh, how many how many times <laughs> how many times uh, Horch belped belped you belped how many times keep us also keep a running track of how many words Polly can't say uh, correctly. Uh, my admin set forum signature is still farts loudly during streams. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been on the forums for a long time. Years long. later. Yeah, like I think this was like your first Chrono Trigger stream or something, and like while he was setting up, he just ripped a giant fart and I <laughs> and like everybody heard it and I don't think he realized it. Oh my, <laughs> my um, my title is still Blood Blood of Blood. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the belch counter. Keep track of how many times Hutch belches in this episode. Uh, send us a, an accurate response, and Rhett will buy you everything on your Steam wish list. Assuming your Steam it's wish list is the closest is, without going over. Is Citavalis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Styles the Horch Rockman, how are you? I'm so tired. I'm really tired. That's the perfect. That's the perfect state of mind to be in to be on this podcast. Actually, we're all yeah. tired of ourselves. That's why we do this. Oh no, no, I'm full of myself. Believe me, but uh, it's just I've been stretching myself so thin with work and personal projects, and there's no clear end in sight. Oh lord, have you ever wanted to just like not only be full of yourself but be full of Rhett as well? Ah, uh, we'll talk about that later. I don't know. I think it's something we could talk about right now. Rhett, would you would you be will would you be will Rhett, would you be willing to fill up the hutch with a bunch of you? Nah. Pour okay. some sugar on me. <laughs> I can relate to Hutch and Polly's work about feeling bad about busyness because mm-hmm. I'm taking two very easy summer classes and doing nothing else and I only have to be on campus for like six hours a week and I'm just not doing any projects either, I'm just relaxing. You can't see, but I'm giving you the middle finger. Yeah, I was about mm-hmm. to say, like, <laughs> I was saying before we started recording that there might be a time when I put my head through my microphone, and John's just getting closer and closer to making that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, if we could invent a, way, uh, vent a way to punch people through the internet. Oh, God, please. I think we would be the best people. We would be, we, we would be, the technology. internet would be, the internet would be a hell of a lot more tolerable. Well, you know what, it just oh, feels like you have that. too much free time, and it just feels kind of wearying sometimes. Uh, I got, I'm holding my keyboard like a baseball We're basic, bat. We basically moment. all are on the same page, I feel like. Oh, God. I so, wanna... um, Styles <laughs> the Rockman Hutch. Yes. I think that's your name. Yes, ma'am. Uh, why don't you tell our lovely listeners who may not be familiar with you who you are and what the hell you do? Yeah, um, pretty much. I guess that's anybody who wasn't there for the... the uh, 10th anniversary socks cast 
I am uh, formerly the Hutch, now Styles Rockman, uh, a member of the community since really early on. Uh, like um, I caught on to eight how to make a comic in eight easy bits really early in the career when uh, Scott Ramsamer of VG Cats had linked it, and I was like, oh, this is. This isn't, um, you know, eight uh, eight bit theater. This is actually a pretty okay uh, sprite comic. And then uh, when uh, Pat uh, and Polly opened up a joint forum, I got on there and kind of caused shit. We went all over that in the socks yeah, cast. Yeah, yeah. I've been around since pretty much the beginning. Yeah, he's 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 oh. he's got some, he's got some. Uh, what's that? Yeah. So um, I found I found eight easy bits as a kid. <laughs> My um, ten-year-old mind um, much be- greater appreciated um, the humor of Bob and George and Ape Theater. <laughs> How old did he say he was? Like ten or twelve. Eighties uh, 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 bits was too sophisticated. I mean, he's fourteen now, so it wasn't. It kind of, you know what it was, it's and he was really pissed off that it really wasn't a comic teaching you how to make eight bit. I was googling how oh. do you make sprite comics because I wanted to make my own little sprite comic for like the forum, and then. <laughs> Different for him, and then nope, nope. It was just a dumb adult sprite comic with a lot of mm-hmm. literary references that went way over your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it is kind of funny though when you think about sprite comics versus Pat's writing. Yeah, I know, <laughs> not a great mix, really. But 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 that's really what makes Eight Easy Bits work. Mm-hmm. Well, not like he chose like the most obscure possible. Uh, sprites that he could yeah for for pretty much everything except for mega dude but even yeah. like toby like that was such a fucking yeah, obscure fucking rainbow islands yeah <laughs> I, I mean i chatted islands. i remember chatting with pat about that just like because we had both delved deep into like the sprite comic world and like what actually holds up in that medium there is um there's how to make sprite comic eighties bits. Um, there's MS Paint masterpieces, which um, I, I quite like. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. Disapp- and now the medium is just dead. Like there's well, there are no new sprite comics. Was it ever really alive? <laughs> it was, was when it you're. Just kinda, it was if you're twelve like, year reanimated and twitching. It was if you're a twelve year old at the me- at the height of the craze yeah just like this is so so good here's your mega man sonic crossover number i read read so many of those and now yes i remember finding web comics that were drawn and being like oh this is terrible and then i thought yeah i I discovered sprite comics before i discovered web comics oh so so it was it was the other way around for me i um Mm -hmm. i yeah web comics i was there for like pretty much the premiere of questionable content i fucking hate that comic wow now. <laughs> yeah like when it won uh, i was I, I reading it before it won an award for best new coming what remember when there were awards for web comics what? <laughs> yeah i read um, that because it got linked on bob and george yeah i've been reading like penny arcade since their the early 2000s uh vg cats since like the beginning um, I read, uh, I actually read through the MS Paint Adventures Problem Sleuth. So, like, all these kids who are all about Homestuck. And, like, Homestuck is not, like, Problem Sleuth was so much better. And it was, like, the high point because 
I forget the comic that he made before that, but it was shitty because the only thing that he did was like exactly what it was all like submission based. And then Problem Sleuth was a combination of um of submission based plus his own ideas running into like making this really weird surreal um uh um a film noir that's mm-hmm. actually been a hugely influential for my comedy writings and, and style. And then Homestuck, which kind of started that, but now it just completely, it became like completely his own thing and lost a lot of the charm that Problem Sleuth had. I don't even know what Homestuck is. I just know the name and a lot Good. of people hate it. <laughs> yeah. I don't MS hate Paint, it. MS Paint Adventures was too sophisticated for me too as a little kid. I didn't get it. <laughs> Well, it wasn't it's made out of pixels, so... Yeah. Oh, you're right, it is drawn. Yep, yep. I tried, I tried like, several times. I'm just like, oh, this isn't funny. So... Condemned with the 12-year-old critical... White um, Ninja. Switch. Remember yep. White Ninja? White Ninja. No. And Quants. I made, I made Dinosaur Comics fan comics and... Oh, yeah, I remember I... Dinosaur Comics. Yeah, I read Dinosaur yeah. Comics. I'm going to find my Dinosaur Comics fan comics. Oh, you guys do, do whatever. I don't care. Uh, but um, this is the part of the show where we have to talk to you. Though, that is for comics Torch. is good, right? right. Like I'm pretty okay. sure they're they're actually yeah, good, those right? are pretty good. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Want to make sure we're on the same page there? Cool. Uh, well, Rhett has sort of some experience <laughs> with uh, uh, web comicry, um, but his is like a, a different of. nature. Like I versus Pi, the long running inside joke that kind of became oh my god, this very weird thing. And I'm kind I've, of, I'm kind of scared to revisit it now. Just don't oh. like. Why is that? I just don't know what's in there anymore. Like, am I going to be like super embarrassed? Like, oh god. I don't think it's that bad. I think that like when you look at like when you started, like you were what, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. So I mean, shit. Like we're all old now and have like really weird, dumb things we can look back on. I mean, fuck forum guy. Oh god. It was pathetic. It was awful. <laughs> We were assholes. I never <laughs> want to see that again. I never want to see that garbage again. Well, that's the thing is then I have two spinoffs on my site. I know. I know. But I, I know. still really like one of them because it has the Dream Theater music and it takes itself so seriously. Yeah, that's that's why that's funny though. <laughs> but it's just like it just started as you know, it started as this dumb. I'm gonna make a comic about this person because I'm being spiteful. I am an asshole. It's like, good lord, what was, I, <laughs> what was I doing? What am I doing with my time? Good lord. You're such, we're so vitriolic. We oh, com- I've always been that way. Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah. It's like, of all of the vitriol, if you took it all and, like, put it in three pots, it would be, like, a pot for me, a pot for Rhett, and a pot for John. John's would just be overflowing with all of mm-hmm. the vitriol he's throwing on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, the game is pure liquid hate. Yeah, yeah, and like I did uh, the uh, the Adventures of Pat and Polly, which those oh that was funny. Those that things was... Yeah. Are, it's like uh, those comics are entirely based on being anti humor, though. And that's like um, what really struck me is like when people were like, "These are really funny." I was like, "No, they're not. There's nothing funny about this." <laughs> so, Polly, Polly, what you're saying is that you were the a uh, hipster before it was cool. Exactly. <laughs> The, um, there's one comic on the Pat and Polly where there's no dialogue. Pat takes a big box, pours it into a bowl, yes. and it's filled with cigarettes, lights it in, lights them all on fire, and, and then them. takes a spoonful and eats it. Yes, that's yeah. my favorite. Um, that is, um, 
It's one of the funniest. That's probably like, one of my favorite. One of the funniest goddamn things I've ever seen. It's it's based on an actual IM he sent me uh, one time at like four in the morning or something. This is mm-hmm. like I'm going to I'm going to take a bowl, pour a pack of cigarettes in it, light it on fire, and eat it. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what my favorite web comic is. Was that Polly and Ether? Oh wow, those oh. are uh... <laughs> see those are funny. Mm-hmm. It's if, an entire comic based about... on Polly being mean to me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get the connection. Oh, Ether's Reed? Red and F Yeah. <laughs> oh! Oh my god. Oh! Wait a minute. You're oh telling god. me you just realized this? Yeah. No, well you know what? To to your credit, I didn't I didn't get the connection between Rhett and Ether for like a long time. Until like my third coming some, back. I figured the other thing was just some inside joke. No, oh. it's just It's just Reed. Oh Eth- Rhett is just Ether spelled slightly differently. <laughs> well it's no no so, okay, oh. but now this is important. So what came first? Red or Ether? Red. Ether. No Ether? Bullshit. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Yeah. What? Wow. We're learning what? things. We're going deep here. <laughs> We're on a tangent. Yeah. Ether wow. was this... like my first forum username, and then I got banned. <laughs> oh, okay. I was, this was way, this was like 15, 16, like mid-90s. Uh, I you were going to say, this was like the 15th, 16th century. No, no. <laughs> and then I got banned, so I just made a new account with the same letters. And it was red. And none was the wiser. You pulled oh, an no, R.C. Scott. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the first, the first forum I I um, visited regularly, um, I visited again, and it was shut down because the um, author, the keeper of the website had got. It was an RPG Maker fan site, and the guy had gotten arrested for hacking. Oh, oh, well, there you go. Yep, yep. That's, that's always good. Yeah, uh, he was the also. He also had a personal, um, basically hate blog, and it linked me to a bunch of stuff like Maddox and all that. Oh, oh yeah. Darkroom Rocks. Um, I so I, I read all that as like a 12-year-old and then somehow didn't turn into a shithead. I all don't. that awful, awful stuff. <laughs> wow. Should yeah. I just finish my story, though? Go ahead. Oh, sure. <laughs> this really... No, it's fine. I was just thinking about this this mid-90s forum that I would troll on. Like, yeah. you could post HTML into the forum posts oh, and no. it would accept it. So Ooh. what I would do is stuff like start a message... Then paste the HTML for like ending a message. <laughs> then do a start of a new message HTML. Put somebody else's name there, <laughs> and and have them say like something really stupid. And then like do another message at the end that was me being like, "Wow, I can't believe you'd say that." <laughs> and people got so mad. There was a, really there used funny. to be there used to be a PHPBB uh, exploit where you could put HTML in uh, your avatar field. Um, and I remember having a lot of fun with that back in the day where you could just like post these big 5,000 by 5,000 pics as your avatar (laughs) and just be like, Hey guys, what's going on? I'm new to your forum. Oh, the most exciting thing I got up to was SQL injection. Oh, lovely. (laughs) Wow. It was all during school and it was just to learn how to like prevent against sql injection i'm just amazed that like if you knew something like that you never used it on it uh, on us with how dickish we were to you for a while well that was like i said that was when i was going to school 
for the, so this was only this was only oh seven years ago. Fuck. So now, <laughs> so now the like adventures in socks make people sexy. Admins and forum members uh, are being dicks, and uh, w- when they were younger, uh, Hutch, oh. what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, lately, um, I'll give you just pretty much the quick version. Is... No, you're going to talk about things. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah, detail. Yeah. Well, I... <laughs> that's yeah, how you I like... do a podcast. You don't just come on and say, "Well, I jacked off this morning." Fine, I'm okay. done. All right. So I was born in no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been. It's been a lot of work. I'm in a transitional period at work right now, where um, it's basically I'm working retail at a cell phone store. Oh no! But yeah, pretty much. And what I'm going to be doing, however, is moving over to the corporate side, which is basically inside sales. Um, But uh, so, like, I'm going to be working for um, this guy who holds, like, a whole bunch of major corporate accounts. Like, anybody who works for Target, which is now defunct in Canada, the YMCA. There's a rich billionaire in Canada by the name of Jimmy Patterson. So any of his employees... Um, he like, so the guy basically makes over 300,000 a year. Um, and I'm going to be working for him on inside sales. So what's happening right now is because the person I'm replacing is going to poop out a baby real soon. I've been pulling double duty at work where I'll go (laughs) double duty, (laughs) pooping out a baby in and doing my job as well as her job. I've been going in on my days off to do some of this to like get extra there's a lot of like extra training just in case she pops at any time and brownie points yeah um and then i've been work uh a lot of improv mm-hmm. um i actually just had on monday a musical improv workshop which is a lot of fun oh lord yeah um i've always done a little bit of musical improv um, but uh, this was the first or this was the second workshop I've done that's actually good. Okay, I'll go on a tangent here there's two types of musical improv there is um, structured musical improv so if you ever watched Whose Line Is It Anyway yeah that is very structured yeah it's a hoedown is a structured musical improv it's the same tune every single time mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite games to play is Do Run Run mm-hmm. um so it's based on the old um, uh, Motown song, Do Ron Ron. Yeah. Yeah. And then so you take somebody's name and then you make a rhyme out of it and everybody goes, waha. And then it's an elimination style game. Uh, I love I love playing it and I'm really good at it. Um, and then unstructured musical improv is just that is what basically what you'd be working to towards is a completely uh, fully improvised musical. Mm hmm. And uh, the people, the um, I was working with uh, this teacher. She is the uh, director of a group of a, lo- a bunch of friend improvisers who I improvise with called Off Key, and uh, they've done a lot of different improvised musicals. I think my favorite one they did was an improvised Sondheim musical, which is really cool to watch. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I want to like yeah, it was it was exciting to be able to do that. Um so that's where I'm at uh you know. And then obviously like improv, I don't know. I, I have I ever actually really officially talked about improv in, out in the open? I I think that you tweet about it every now and then, but not really anything super specific. 
You're more yeah. than well. You're more than welcome to go on a tangent. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm an improviser, an actor, um, and uh, so I've been doing that for a few years, and um, perform pretty regularly. Uh, we used to have our own theater space that got closed down, uh, so we're running out of uh, local theater attached to a high school um, because the artistic director had gotten a job with the school board. Guess what happened? Uh, is all funding got cut. Everybody lost their jobs. So now, twice in less than a year, we've lost our theater space. Jesus. So what I'm now also doing is planning uh, with him and canvassing the area to try and find a theater space for us to call home. So that's taking up a lot of my free time. Damn. And saying it out loud is actually... I've been having a slow mental breakdown for the past couple of months. Saying it out loud, what I'm actually getting myself into is fucking terrifying. Um, and then, on top of that, I've been working on a couple of personal projects. One, I want to do uh, Clueless Gamer style. Let's play with uh, Graham, the director of the theater. Oh, no. And then I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, let's play with board games. Analog, let's play. Uh, oh. <laughs> so I talked with a film with a filmmaker buddy of mine. I was like, we, we, we got to do this. We got to analog, let's play. Uh, that's, that's all I have going is analog, let's play. And it's going to be with um, board games. And that's going to be happening real soon for me. Cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah, lots of improv. Improv is good. Improv, like, I know that, like, I took three years of theater class and became pretty adept at it by the time that I was done. Yeah. Um, but that was, like, mostly high school stuff. And, you know, you're pretty structured and limited in that, you know, hour and a half environment that you have. Um, yeah. But it was good shit. I fully enjoyed it. I would totally embrace it again if I had the time. But, good lord, do I not have the time? No. It's the only thing that I, it's the only thing in my schedule I can make time for. Is Sunday mornings when we have our workshop, and then Tuesday nights when we have a show. Cool. Yeah. Up to anything else? Um. What else? Um. I've been. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've been, the Hutch. Been Do you play video to, games? Oh, I've been. I've been working out with a buddy of mine who's a pro wrestler, and I've been doing some wrestling, pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's fun stuff. Start. We start with doing like at least 150 squats, and it's like, oh god. What? I uh, yeah, in a row. Like oh like, no, uh, I'm out. Ah! I'm out. So it's it's however many of us there are. We're like, okay, everybody just count to like between 10 and 20, depending on how many of us there are, and then we go oh. around in a circle, and then we start doing this drill. Um, either three or fours is basically we'll whip, whip each other off of the rope back and forth three times, switch reversal three times, and then whip. Uh, try to you throw your body on the ground and they jump over you, and then you do a um, a leapfrog over them again three times each, and then you throw them into the corner turnbuckle. You vault over them, go back and forth between the two corner turnbuckles three times each. And then we start our workout. <laughs> this is this physically. This is just like exhausting me just hearing it. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot of fun though. I gave a suplex. 
I gave a suplex. <laughs> I gave a suplex, and it felt so good. We'll just keep moving on. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, anything else you been up to? I, are you like trying to guide me towards somewhere? <laughs> the Hutch, have you played any motherfucking video games? Oh yes, I have been playing video games because this is a video game based podcast. I beginning <laughs> I begin to wonder at times because when you listen into the stuff that we typically get into, especially John, it's like no, yeah. this this is not a video games podcast. Like Sprite Comics and RPG Maker, fine. That's only slightly tangential, but talking about exercise, <laughs> I can I can go back to improv if you want. Hutch, <laughs> you can talk about whatever you want. I was just giving you a place to go. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't want to take over the whole because there's, there's, you know, we're at a we're a round table here. Yeah, this isn't a soapbox. Good lord! <laughs> I, did the, um, I did the, I did a bunch of the um, theater stuff in middle school and had a really nice time. And then my brother did it in high school, so we saw a bunch of his plays and they weren't very good. <laughs> don't tell him I say. That. Don't tell him I said that. Yeah, no, it's I'm not a big fan of theater aside from improv. Yeah. Um, uh, that was where I I had the most fun as well. It's like when you had to like do big end of the year productions. Like I preferred the production side of things because obviously, given my profession, that's what I prefer yeah. to do. But there were also times where it's called like, nope, you've got to be in it. And like, well, okay, I guess I will be. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, I guess we can move on. Yes. Do you play video games, The Hutch? I do, I do. I've been playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto V recently. Mm-hmm. This is on my definite to playlist, given how much I was surprised by and enjoyed Grand Theft Auto IV. Yes, um, and I'm looking. I'm looking at uh, my uh, hours logged for uh, both. So, just to give you um, some reference, in the to- I play, I got Grand Theft Auto 4 pretty much as soon as it came out on PC, as well as Grand Theft Auto 5. Mm-hmm. So, since I got Grand Theft Auto 4, I've played 112 hours of Grand Theft Auto 4. That's, that's, that's a lot, that's I'd say. That's pretty decent, yeah. I played yeah. through, I think, at least three times and, you know, done a lot of fucking around. So as of currently, I've put in 107 hours of Grand Theft Auto V. And that is like, the game's only been out two weeks. Yeah, that is five <laughs> fewer hours than it than the series' previous iteration. Jeez. So you are really enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, what's, what's, what's keeping you there? Like, what, what do you like about it? There's, there's a lot about it that I have to say. Um... I've been doing up a lazy review, um, which has been a thing I've been doing on Tumblr, where I just talk to Kaz about <laughs> about games mm-hmm. in Steam and then post our conversations. Um, there's a lot that I really like about it. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the GTA series. They're just, they're fun, and I've been on board since GTA 3. And there's just, like, every every um, game since it's been like wow I don't know how they can make it I don't know how they can possibly make it better than GTA 3 you can do anything in this game and then Vice City came out you were like whoa this is like colorful and it's like it just there's so much shit and you can ride a bike it's so distinct 
distinct. Yes, it has such a distinct style. And then San Andreas came out, and you're like, fuck, this game is huge. There's like, like a whole desert in the in yeah, the game. Yeah, San Andreas kind of... That's where the point where it got too much for me. It's like, there's too much stuff. But I can't, I can't yeah. do all of this. Not only that, there's so much... There was no loading zones in San Andreas. And At that all. is what completely blew my mind. Yeah, that, is like, that whole yeah. world, you could start from one end and drive to the other without interruption. Oh, God, it was just insane. And then, so then from there, like San Andreas, I was like, how can they make this any better than this? And then GTA 4 came out, which would just completely blew everything away. Whole new engine, every everything just complete overhaul. Um, I, I think actually... I think their penchant for narrative uh, really kind of hit a crescendo uh, with GTA 4. Yes, um, and uh, yeah, definitely, I agree, and I disagree with a lot of people who. Um, felt like oh GTA 4 was getting too serious or like they didn't like the direction it was heading in I'm like no fuck you I've been I have been playing like I didn't play GTA 1 or 2 fine granted and I I have uh, since played them but not like through they're not super great they're no they really weren't they were novelties they're good little novelties and like for the time it was an interesting thing you know the whole mission based top down 2D kind of yeah. it was an interesting thing but the, i did not like those games very much no. at all no no they're not they're and then like oh god GTA 4 just like the story and everything uh, I could uh, the, go most, the most I hear people bitch about that game is the driving, which I thought was like, yeah, that d- driving takes you about an hour to get used to, and then you've got a pretty good by feel um, mm-hmm. example of how all of the cars handle, and it's just like, dude, you're you're playing a driving game, you're going to have to use the brake at some <laughs> point. You're gonna have to drive, and that's the thing that I was talking a lot with Kaz about is for that's where a lot of open world crime simulators falter is driving is not fun in them and in grand theft auto 5 driving is a lot of fun oh definitely it looks like it it. and it has to be because that's a huge part of the game yeah like most of your missions in a grand theft auto game it's like yeah you are doing stuff out of a car but like you know 60 to 75 percent of a mission is going to be driving either going to and from the emission event or the event is going to involve like an entire you know chase scenario or something yeah and, and like those missions are always usually fairly balanced and like usually like after you've chased a dude for long enough they'll just slow down and let you have it <laughs> yeah 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 or the uh, everybody's favorite the um the uh tail the tailing oh, missions those are not too bad at all no i, I they... like, like I, I remember um i think it was like sleeping dogs i had a friend quit oh, um and there i like i like sleeping dogs i think that yeah game's, I... that game's great and i think the driving in that game is great too um, i disagree with you on that very really? strongly i think it's fun arcadey driving akin to yeah. what the saints row games do yeah well i didn't like saints row either so uh, i see Booze, I like sleeping dogs. <laughs> Insert booze here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So GTA Five, though, and then again, I was like, I don't know how they're gonna top this, especially after Red Dead Redemption, which mm. was, oh God, what a beautiful game! And like, I, I still got that game like sitting on the top of my PS3 pile. I have not yeah. played it yet, but I am really, really eager to. 
it's such a beautiful little narrative uh, with like it, it's a three act narrative, a very classic. Um, it's a very classic tragedy. Um, sorry to, for the spoilers. I think, um, right. but it's oh my god! Like just thinking about it is like it's there's so much of that game where you're just traveling from town to town on horseback. And one of my favorite things to do, because there's ambient music that plays, one of my favorite things to do in that game is just turn off the ambient music and literally just ride from town to town, not doing anything and just taking it in. The game is so beautiful. It's great when an open world can do that. Like when you don't mind just driving. Like I had a lot of that happen when I played GTA uh, 4, I think it was last year or the year before. Um, I just had a really great time. Like, yeah. in, like, even though it's just, like, scum city, it's so, yeah. well, it's so well realized, and, like, I had become, you know, adept at the driving enough to really enjoy it, so, you know, just, like, flooring it across bridges and watching the scenery mm-hmm. get completely warped as you're driving by, and just, like, mm-hmm. remembering little places in town, it's like, oh, I remember what I did here. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so yeah, but I don't want to talk too much about GTA 5 because, like I said, I've got a lazy review and uh, people can go and read that for themselves. But what do you think of the heists? The heists are, uh, they're among, they're probably my favorite part of the game. Because there's a mission, like in GTA 4, uh, where you rob a bank. Yep. Um, and it's like that entire mission is like the that is exactly where Grand Theft Auto 5 was spawned from because like well, that is, uh, yeah it's one and of it's the inter- best missions in the in the the entire damn game yep um and uh there's a uh, spoiler alert is there are random events where you can pick up heist members mm-hmm. um and Packy is in GTA 5 and he oh, talks Oh shit about, really yeah he is oh um, no <laughs> uh, you can choose him for every single heist mis- uh, heist mission too um, that, and he talks that's about. That's just great. Come on, Packy. <laughs> oh God, what? I can't remember any Nico lines. Uh, I don't know. Does it's not important? Fuck yeah. Out. Anyway. <laughs> so GTA like, Five is cool. I'm probably gonna grab it for PS3 here, like when yeah. my backlog clears up a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think this machine uh, could pull it off. No, yeah, I, I upgraded my computer specifically for GTA Five. Uh, yeah, like my my PC's in no means a slouch, but it's just like you know, like it, it's not been upgraded um, mm-hmm. in any sense since I built it. So, have you played Minds Act Two? Have I played oh. what? Have you played GTA Online at all? Um, I made a character. Uh, I think I tweeted about her. Um. But I made a character, and within the first 20 minutes, I got blowed up by other characters <laughs> so many times that I just stopped playing because it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't really seem like it would be conducive to fun unless you could, like, get yourself a little posse together. Yeah, and it's a shame because I really like my character. Uh, her name is uh, her name is Kissy Knuckles. Uh, her <laughs> Her full name is uh, Kistalina Knuckle Duster. I, I like that. that. Um, I'll link you. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll link you guys to that. It's picture. gonna do a lot. It's gonna play real well on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> she looks like. You guys take a look at that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You can link to it. That's uh, that's Kissy Knuckles. Um, <laughs> pre getting blown up. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. Like it was literally. I took that and then and then that, that guy in the uh, car just shot you. And the Weird. car, <laughs> that car, like behind me, behind the tree over there, is uh, blew me up immediately afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a pretty funny video, of, like doing selfies in GTA Online, and then you just die. and just dying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that definitely seems like a Ben Booyah thing. It's like there's mo- it's like there's moments like that people take in like either Dark Souls or Bloodborne where they do something really swift and then blow it two seconds yeah. later. I I'm curious about Bloodborne and from the most unlikely of places. It was actually um Aaron playing through Bloodborne on Game Grumps cuz um I remember I forget who it was that I was watching play Dark Souls and was really shitty at it and I was like you know what? They can't be this fucking hard. You're just being bad. So I play. I want. I picked it up to spite that person. It was oh, probably um, me. Yeah. Aww. No. 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 It wasn't you. It wasn't you. I would. Well, Red has an excuse for dying a lot. He was playing with like an aggro mod that made everybody aggro him at the start of a fucking map. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but Aaron hates all video games. Hanson playing through Bloodborne. Um, and like actually like doing well and having a lot of fun with it and just the whole world. I love that whole aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, the really grungy, like Victorian. If you want to hear some Bloodborne, buddy, let me tell you, <laughs> you just listen yeah. to a couple of episodes, like a couple of our last two episodes. Boy, Rhett can talk about Bloodborne for an yeah. hour. That seems like the kind of game that would really, really mesh with Aaron Hansen's critical perspective. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you watch his video on Ocarina of Time and it's just like... You should probably play Dark Souls. Yeah. I don't... I, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I don't want to get into that because I, I really disagree with... I really disagree with Eagle Raptor's whole philosophy oh, me on too, a lot of things. Sure. And I like his animations and I think he's funny. And, I'll, of course, I love mm-hmm. Game Grumps. But I can't watch a link there, Link to the Past playthrough. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, watched, it, I mean... It, it works. There, his thing, his whole philosophy works really well with something like Mega Man X or Castlevania. Yeah. But then you attach it to a really like narrative-driven game like Ocarina of Time, and mm-hmm. he just focuses in on these things that aren't actually related to how the, why the game resonates with people. Yeah, and he just ignores the stuff that actually connects with people to focus on this kind of bullshit minutia. Yeah, and yeah. Oh man. And then there's Dark Souls, which is exactly the kind of minutia that he, which fits very well with his philosophy. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. Which I'm, uh, let's see, Dark Souls. I put in Dark Souls, Dark Souls. I put in 90 hours into Dark Souls. That game's um, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty I can good. tell you definitively that I don't really like Dark Souls. I did not enjoy oh. it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Then don't listen to the last episode because that was a five-hour talk about Dark Souls. <laughs> I you know what? people who loved it. Yes, <laughs> I have a lot to say about Dark Souls, and then there's a lot that I do like about it. I think a lot of my dislike comes from the fact that I played with a cou- um, mouse and keyboard. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I yapped Improv. about. Oh my god! I yapped about Dark Souls so much on Twitter the last couple of weeks. I'm <laughs> kind of done. Well, oh, like the game isn't designed for mouse and keyboard, so I can see why that's bad. Because don't you have to like double click to do heart attacks? And it's weird it's shit? really the biggest issue with mouse and keyboard is you cannot lock onto enemies because every twitch of your mouse sends you spinning to another enemy. So what happens when you try to lock on to like the mm. head? 
to the head, especially the skeletons, like the graveyard was the single hardest part of that whole game. Because you're being like you're being ganged up on by skeletons, so you're trying to lock on the first one, and then every twitch of the mouse, you're just spinning around in circles, and then you get killed, and you can't get the fuck past the fucking Firelink Shrine because you're being gang fucked by by skeletons who are supposed to be the easiest enemies in the game. Fuck that. I'm gonna do a challenge run mouse and keyboard now. There you go. I want to yeah. see what it's like. <laughs> it's bad. I don't. I don't recommend it. And then, um, which, and then what else, what I have also been playing, which just came out, is The Witcher 3. More like Bitcher 3. Oh! 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 he said it. Brought out the big guns. We saved the gold for the podcast. Yeah, they, they told me to save that one. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I I think I've only put in a couple hours into The Witcher 3 and I'm already kind of done with it. It looks like, like maybe I'm not seeing something that other people do. But I've I've watched every bit of 3 hours of video of this game at mm-hmm. various points in the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people stream it and yeah. I've watched the giant bomb quick look and it's just I've like I've read the literature. I've read the literature. <laughs> I've read but, the two books. I read yeah. the two books. Yeah, but <laughs> this to me looks like the most boring chore to play. Like everything just seems so. It's a yeah. That's it's an open world game with things you can do, and you, you... you have like a mission list and all that. Yeah, yeah. It, oh. For me, it's. Um, I, I definitely feel like there's something I'm missing and I will be the first to admit that I miss, uh, um, I miss out on a lot of games because I'm not a big fan of RPGs, either Western or JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I feel like the Witcher, the Witcher comes from a place where it was, it was like a pretty average western rpg that was like hey we want to make fable but with actual boobs happening yeah yeah and that's <laughs> kind of where the first witcher came from and i hear a lot of people say like the witcher 2 was great and i know a lot of people who definitely agree with that i'm not going to say this not but coming into the series at the witcher 3 not having any of that experience in the first two games and not really being a part of the joke and not enjoying rpgs like western RPGs as a whole, mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's not a, it's a game that was not made for me. Um, so I'm sorry that to anybody in the community that I redeemed my code because you definitely would have got more out of it than I have. It's like people kind of like tout the combat as being like super strategic and really difficult, and like uh, I watch people play it, and it's just <laughs> like. Like, it's just hitting things and then sometimes throwing it, up gang signs. There you go. <laughs> yeah, like that's pretty much what it is. If I want to hit people and throw up gang signs, I've got I own a copy of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. <laughs> hey, great segue. I mean, hey, hey we're going back in circles. Mm-hmm. So I've been playing. I I do improv. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this is one thing I kind of want to say. Um, so just because something is the flavor of the month mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you actually that we actually have to engage with it, right? Right. Like if a bunch of like I I saw, saw some people talking about Witcher Three, 
and I knew from the beginning that I don't really give a shit about this unless somebody I really care about says this is this is the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I just ignored all of it. I haven't read any of the literature. Haven't looked at, at any videos. Haven't mm-hmm. engaged with it at all. And it hasn't made my life worse. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty great. I just yeah. like I had to know. It's like. Uh, Why are people gushing about this game? It's like, okay, uh, I'll watch, like, five hours of this game and see what happens. Like, <laughs> I'm not compelled to play this at all. Yeah, let exactly. Me, let me say this to take a step back. Um, and I know I'm definitely biased because I like GTA V, but I came into it with entirely skeptical mind. Like, I don't believe they can make it better. So... I will say this, is that the story of GTA V got me hooked immediately. And the narrative and the way they told it and the style of the game, immediately I was on board. Yeah. With The Witcher 3, um, it started out really strong and I got on. And then as soon as I gained control of Geralt, I was like, Ugh. And oh, then yeah, the I've story heard, like, the, just tanked. And I've heard, like, the movement is really awkward and, like, just really yeah. weighty. It picked up a bit, but I was like, again, it's like, it's not for me. You know, it's, I didn't play Fable. I haven't played Mass Effect for all of these reasons. So I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say, I don't want to waste my time, but I don't want to waste my time. Understandable. Some, so sorry it's, it's cool if things it. aren't for you. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's cool that people like it. To like what John was saying. Yeah. To what John was saying earlier, I think to be participating in the video game space, you have to learn not to get sucked up by hype. Yeah. Yes. So it's like I, I, my life would probably be a hell of a lot better if I didn't have to ask myself that question of why is this important? Why do people care? Like, I don't get it. Like, I, I, I could care less. I really mm-hmm. could. And it's just like, I got caught up in that moment of, like, of wanting to know or wanting to see if this was a thing for me, knowing full well that in the year or two run up to this game's release that I didn't care at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but then the game's released and everybody's buzzing about it as this big super groundbreaking thing and it's just like it's a, it's a fucking open world game it's fucking Call of Duty it's, it's fucking <clears throat> Sorry, fable right there. Oh, I man. mean it, it's been like two months since the video game came out on the PS4 which was Bloodborne so people are a little excited understandable oh my yeah, god uh, yeah that's yeah. rough uh, yeah it's it's just like um, it, people feel so suffocated by the whole by the by the zeitgeist, and I and I try to and I try to like sympathize. I like was coming at it from the perspective of um, feeling like attacked for talking about liking things about liking certain things a bunch, mm-hmm. and then um, realizing that I need to step outside my own head for a bit, and that this kind of zeitgeist thing can really be suffocating yeah. for people. Yeah. Um, Whereas I, I can kind of ignore it, but that's not yeah. true for everyone, especially people who maybe make their living with video games. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, like, and it's this is a whole other conversation that I I don't really want to open up a can of worms on, but it's it's such a it, it's uh, it's a it's a symptom of culture now where we're so oversaturated with everything. Absolutely. 
and so every everything has to come out and punch you in the face. Yeah. And and I hate sound, I hate sounding like a pretentious prick, but we become so desensitized to like um to spectacular spectacularity, yeah. right? To spectacles. And uh so like everything that comes out is better than the thing before it. Yeah. Right? And it's like this competition yeah. of how famous we can make something real fast. Like and I think like Gangnam style it pretty much like, <laughs> epitomizes that how it was like this, it, you know, it had a pretty sizable, like when I watched it, it was like 300,000 views. It's pretty respectable. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, literally 24 hours, I came back and it had 30 million. And now it's the single most watched video on YouTube with like billions of views. And I'm like, that's fucking inconceivable. Every single person on the planet could have potentially watched Gundam style yep. and it's it's insane that everything it's literally everything now you know video games internet the Ooh, media yes. everything is just a popularity contest yep. and it's so mentally draining absolutely yeah god you just gotta <laughs> you've gotta unplug you've gotta turn that shit mm-hmm. off or it'll drive you nuts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. learn to learn to unplug learn to be able to tune stuff out and analog let's plays yeah and learn to <laughs> and, and ba- bask in your own stuff yeah. like don't oh. be able so be able to love stuff yeah. in your own be able to love love the stuff you love yeah i don't you can be vocal about it and it's okay i don't know how to love <laughs> <laughs> so have you been up to anything else hachi um aside from that um yeah like honestly it's been Work and improv, I've been doing a lot of research on... Because what I want to do is I finally convinced the director to... Um, uh, we're going to get a crowdfunding project together to mm-hmm. uh, hopefully open up our own space. So I've been doing a lot of research on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Which kind of like ties into the conversation, like how everything is, you know, everything is uh, about all hype all the time. Right. Um, and uh, I'm actually really interested... Um, uh, in going forward with this project, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, like I said, it's such a huge part of my life. It's it's the only it's the only part of me that's uh, the that only thing that makes more. me feel. Yeah, it's you know what, and I will say, um, I don't know what kind of content we go into in these socks casts. I haven't I actually haven't listened to the last five episodes. I actually don't listen to this thing. That's, no. That's- that happens to with every guest now. Yeah. It's it's understandable, you know, when you talk for three hours, uh, it's 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 hard to expect to people to I, I stay to listen to it to help me go to sleep. <laughs> it works. That works. Um, I listen but, to um, people. I listen to other people talk to go to sleep. So it's like I'm yeah. not going to hold that against anybody. Yeah, no, it's um. So it's uh. It's very. It, it's been very therapeutic for me. Well, there you go. Uh, as you know, somebody who struggles with uh, you know uh, depression and OCD and just general hey, you're general in anxiety. good company. You're in good yeah. Company. Oh, I I know. Fuck, what happened to all of us? We're all fucked up in our own little ways, except John. Hi. Yeah, he's the happiest yeah. guy in the world. Well adjusted and married and hi. Well endowed. He's, he's too happy. <laughs> and white. <laughs> and white. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
No, no, that's true. Tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm way. It's like all, even, the, even all the little privileges I, I got. It's like those. I used very, to. I used it's not to really think, fair at all. I used to think Rhett was the whitest person I knew, and then yeah. I met John. I. And then you met Boner. <laughs> and then I met Boner. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in California, Raquel's ears just burned. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Cool. All so, right. are we ready to move on then, Mr. Hutch? Sure, yeah. I don't know what's up next. Uh, me! Oh! How's that for special, huh? I'm going to throw Ooh. myself under the bus first. I'm throwing myself under the bus first out of virtue of the fact that I've only got a couple of things to talk about. And I know everybody Radical else sabbatical. Is, everybody else has got some cool things to talk about, so I won't take up too much of your time. Yeah. Uh, but the first thing I'm going to talk about is something me and Rhett have in common. Me and Rhett are real platinum gods. We have completed the Binding of Isaac Rebirth 100%. I think, actually, I think... 111 111%. 343 item unlocks, 178 achievements, platinumed, baby. (laughs) And it it was... It was fantastic. It's a fantastic journey. The biggest... Nightmarish. (laughs) It was nightmarish, but at the same time, I loved every bit of it. Uh, Like, it's... To, to, in order to do it, you have to play as the Lost. And mm-hmm. the Lost is a character that cannot gain health, starts with no health, and dies in one hit. So, and, and so like, when you, you know, pick up items or, or get an item from a boss room or something that is you know, a health upgrade, well, pfft, it's completely fucking worthless and you just missed out on an item. Um, Video games. So, like... I, I went through this as sort of like the same sort of steps I went through with Spelunky, where you start out and it's just absolutely nightmarish, and it's just like, what am I doing? Why am I? Why can't I do this? And 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 then you and then you get a few runs under your belt, and, and like you're not beating them the game yet, but you're starting to notice you're getting further and you're getting a little further, and you keep inching further and and, mm-hmm. and like the thing holding you back is your fear. Because it's just like, you're living in terror every time you go into a new room because it's like, oh, Jesus, what are they going to throw at me? Because it's all, you're, you're thrown to the complete randomness of the game as to, you know, what it's going to throw at you. Um, so so you, you have those runs in the middle where you're still not beating it. You're better, but your fear is what's really holding you back because mm-hmm. you're, you're like, you're not, you're not making the kind of crazy dodges that you would need to make because you're too afraid to make them. Um... And then you get to the point to where you get your first, um, you, you get your first win, which for me was just like completely insane because I ended up getting uh, three out of the five unlocks I needed on my first uh, win. But when you hit that point, there's a point to where like the runs don't hurt as much to lose. Um, you're not paying as much attention. Um, to to um, like that whole fear of like oh god please don't throw this at me or oh god please don't <laughs> throw that at me you're more in tune with like okay like I- I'm thinking more about the actual run now than worrying about dying I'm thinking what can I do what can I hope for on this build that will get me to the end of the game in a safe manner um, and and that that's like really like when I finally hit like the end of it, it was like okay, I'm playing this game like I normally do now. I'm mm. not thinking about like what if what goes wrong. I'm thinking okay, 
this is the items the game has presented me with. How can I make this build work? The, you know, the thought of getting hit and dying was just like not even part of the equation Like when I started nearing the end and when I finally hit uh, real Platinum God. Uh, was just like, you know, I was just completely in a moment, like, when I was fighting, you know, when I was fighting, like, the last fight that I had to do um, to get the final unlock, I, like, I wasn't really, like, uptight or anything, it was just kind of like, okay, this is gonna work, you know, this is either gonna work or it's not, this is, you know, like, I can always come back and do this, I know I've got the ability to make this kind of run happen, um, and, and uh, you know, it's just it just feels really good uh, to have the skill you know needed to overcome this just seemingly insurmountable level of bullshit that the loss yeah. seems like at first. It seemed completely unreasonably difficult. Yeah, it's like just I was, reading. I was like, just gonna wait until they you know you know because the lost is getting some improvements because uh, I guess they realized you know like maybe it is a little unreasonable so they're giving him spectral tears that let you shoot through solid objects and the d4 item which lets you re-roll everything on you um, and <laughs> I was originally just going to wait uh, to tackle real platinum god until then but it was just like you know what to hell with it let's just go and see what we can make of this <laughs> I think that's the funniest part, though, is that as soon as they announced they were going to make him easier, we rushed out to do it while it was still hard. I think that just pro- <laughs> I think that proves why we are the real platinum gods here. Because we're crazy. Yeah, but all, I was those, thinking... all, all those fake gamer boys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about those changes that they're making to, you know, while playing is them, because sometimes you'd actually get, like, Ouija board as your first mm-hmm. item, be like, oh, now I can see what it's lo- actually like is yeah, having spectral yeah. tears. Yeah, I had... And... Um, I think Spectral Tears makes a lot of sense because it makes the basement easier. Yeah. And then it doesn't do nearly as much for the rest of the game. Yeah, because the basement is sort of like the part of the game where there's a lot more places walled off with rocks and stuff that you can't move around in. It's like a smaller areas, but like when you get to like the dark room and the chest and the cathedral, like yeah. there are no rocks to hide behind in most of those rooms mm-hmm. like it's just like here's wide open areas you know everything's open game that spectral tears don't mean shit now yeah so i think that's a really good choice because it makes the basement easier and then floors two and three like whatever yeah you get more catacombs. practice time you get more practice time on catacombs and uh, the depths and stuff yeah because and... those ones already are pretty easy as him though because you have flight yeah and then like you said, the last areas are just totally wide open, so flight doesn't save you there, and spectral tears won't save you either. And then the D four, I don't think it's going to change him that much, honestly, no. because the thing is that if you beat the second floor, like basement two or whatever, and you start getting good devil deals, you're not re-rolling those. No, like you're not getting brimstone, being like, I think I can do better. Unless you're Northern Lion, <laughs> I've seen I've seen him go into you know those six pip dice rooms and just be like fuck it let's do it (laughs) but is he also playing as the lost absolutely not yeah uh yeah i i I stayed the hell away from dice rooms as the lost i was like no thanks i'm not re-rolling anything i've got because if i've got it and i'm still alive it probably means i want this run to be good yeah oh man i had one bad mistake i picked up the yonk Oh no! Not re- not realizing yeah, that it revives it, you as blue, blue baby. baby. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, then it's we're done here. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but yeah, just doing those runs just made me kind of appreciate the level design and enemies so much more. 
especially yeah, the like early game. Their patterns and stuff, like, they make a lot more sense because you're very hyper-focused on learning them. Yeah. And a lot of rooms, like, that I played the game for half a year and thought, oh, well, that room's just kind of bullshit. I've got to take damage there no matter what. When you're playing as the Lost, it's like, no, wait a minute. There's a move I never thought of before, and I could just, like, slide up the side or something yeah. and find a hole, and it's just like, son of a bitch. Playing as the Lost taught me a hell of a lot more about playing The Binding of Isaac Rebirth than I thought it would. Yeah, exactly. I feel so much better at the game now. Absolutely. Having gone through, like, this week of hellfire. Yeah, it was it was just an amazing little experience, though. Like, I've not 100%ed a game like that or thrown myself at it wanting, you know, like, that big end goal. Give me that big, fat final achievement that I can just brag the fuck about because yeah. this is not something a lot of people are going to ever be able to do, even with the buffs they're giving him. Yeah. And, uh, fuck Daddy Longlegs. Holy shit. Oh, uh, wait, what's <laughs> wrong with Daddy Longlegs? You mean the item or the boss? Oh, no, no, I mean, like, the little... All the spiders in the basement, like, that just move around erratically. Oh, yeah, Like, there's yeah. so much... Those little guys that have the real sporadic patterns that just move really fast, and it's just yeah. like, there's no pattern at all. Like, just, yeah. And, they, and then like, they start spitting out other smaller spiders at you. Uh, yeah. And it's, like, basically every spider in that game can fuck themselves, because there's, like, the tall red ones that just kind of skitter up to you randomly and then start shooting bullets, and yeah. then there's, like, the bomb ones that you don't want to be close because they fucking explode and kill you. Yep. And then, like, the four-eyed ones, they'll, like, leap across the whole fucking room oh to get you. Oh my god! Fuck those things! Yeah. So, like, it's the start of the game, and you're used to just being like, oh, whatever, I take damage here, whatever, like, and then all of a sudden, one hit is death, and you're, like, fucking terrified of... Like Everything. little spiders and shit. Yeah, it's just like and you've, <laughs> you've got to like just like even when you find spiders in the later parts of the game now as yeah. the loss, it's like fuck, fuck. They are, spiders are basically your worst enemy. Yeah, it's just they are so unpredictable in their movement patterns. Like they, you know, like most enemies in the game, they have a very set way of behaving. Um, yeah. You know, like they'll either bounce off of walls or they'll move in straight lines or they'll pursue the player or something. But the spiders are just like. No holds barred with those bastards. <laughs> yeah, so I generally think, like, basement is the hardest floor is the lost. Yeah, it really is. Until at least utero. Yeah, yeah. So, so are you one of those people that uh, that that uh, reset a run if you got the cellar? I wouldn't reset if I specifically for cellar. I, I, yeah, I kept calling it basement. I forgot they're different. Uh, but usually my game plan eventually was just check the item room if it's shit reset yeah and if the, if there's a curse room check it for nine lives or something i i didn't bother so much with the curse room thing i know that it, you know getting nine lives is really good it's how uh, i had to do it like i had um i had a one-up on um the first time i beat the game i found a one-up mushroom uh and the second time i think i actually got lucky and had it uh had nine lives so cool. i mean like if there's a curse room adjacent to the start like just check it yeah it probably won't be the worst idea and like the worst thing you know if worst comes to worst and there's nothing in there you're dead so who cares yeah yeah uh and holy mantle is very nice as well oh god holy mantle yeah that that gives you a free hit on every room and it lets you do cool things like go into uh curse rooms for free yeah i had that when i finally got fucking boss rush oh but then that run had turned out so strong that I actually didn't get hit during Mom or Boss Rush. Fantastic. But I definitely needed it to get there. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, I had a hell of a time with fucking Boss Rush. Man, like Boss Rush, like that was like one of the first things. Like, like yeah, when you, I you got it on the way to Isaac. Yeah, I got it all like the first time. Like most people will like get like Mom's Heart first or something. It's just like I had like Mom's Heart, Boss Rush, and Isaac all on my first lost win. Yeah, that was I was like, oh shit, she's way ahead of me now. It was, and and then like once you complete like all of the you know, the the necessary requirements that you have to do in order you know to unlock the items, you then got to get the items that you've unlocked. So yeah, you know, that was fun. Like I was just amazed that I got Godhead as quick as I did. <laughs> yeah, I got that before the D one hundred. Wow. Yeah, uh, the D one hundred popped up for me like the next run. <laughs> but that was also I lo- unlocked them at the same time from Boss mm. Rush. I've right, already right. seen, like, the mind, body, and soul. But, uh, fucking Boss Rush, though. So, I got... I lost, like, four times in Boss Rush. It was really demoralizing. <laughs> because I remember, like, how I died and how stupid they all were. Red like, poop. Not, not... Okay, not that bad. Okay, because <laughs> I'm... Uh, yeah. One of them was, like... I, like, had the enemies, like, which bosses spawn where, like, kind of memorized. So, I'm standing behind, uh... The bloat. Oh, God. And the champion version spawns. Abs. Oh, God. You're so fine. he immediately fires two low to the ground explosive shots, and yep. I'm just done. And I'm done. like, throw the controller man. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was so close, and that was like this, one of the strongest builds I'd had. And just, boom, you're dead. Like, fuck. <laughs> and it was like, I think I had nine lives, but the time on the clock then was like 2014. I'm like, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> so you can't even go back in. And then. Okay, I died to the little thing that remains after you kill Blastosis. Oh my god! Like, like so Blastosis, the boss, died, left that thing in, like, the upper left corner, <laughs> and then whatever spawns next is do- coming along. Like, I think it might be, is it Monster 2 and Gish? I think it's Gish? Monster 2 and Gish. So I'm, like, I'm running in circles from them because I don't want them to jump on me from, like, half a mile away. Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, <laughs> Because I hit the little worm thing jumping around. I'm like, motherfucker. And the then, worm like, things don't even have an attack. All they do is worthlessly flop on the ground to give you an idea of what he lost. <laughs> yeah, it was. It basically was like losing to the red poop because yeah. it's just an enemy sitting there waiting for me to... But I was moving really fast, circle strafing, and then boop, dead because it had come from off screen, basically. And then like... A couple runs later, I died to, like, the the little gish. Oh, no. So I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I'm not even dying to the bosses now. I'm dying, dying to their little minions because I can't keep track of everything in my head. Then I finally got it. I'm so happy. Oh, yeah. Just like, and winning as the loss feels so good. Yeah. I, like, I did it, um... Before I was going to sleep last uh, one night, uh, before, that's when I got my first win. And, like, I had a hell of a time trying to wind down and go to sleep after that win because I was just, like, so pumped up inside. It felt so good. <laughs> yeah. I have not had video game adrenaline like this in a long, long time. <laughs> just, like, when I went for the lamb. Just, like, cool. so scared. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Even though I total, I will admit to totally cheesing the fuck out of that one, I just sat there with uh, Nodleaf. Which lets it turns you. It's basically a throwback to the Tanuki suit in Mario Three. It's like when you stand still for like two seconds. I think it is. You turn into a yeah. statue, and nothing can hurt you. Absolutely nothing can hurt you. But if you have any 
orbitals or buddies or items that will still do damage. Yeah, you like that. Daddy long legs is the number one thing people love to have in that combination because yeah. it's just it's ridiculous damage. You don't have to activate it yourself; it just happens on its own. So you can just yeah. stand still as soon as the fight starts, and you're good. Yeah, I had some orbitals when I went to uh, dark room, and then I found daddy long legs. I'm like, okay, I'm just sitting here every room. <laughs> And somehow I managed to, like, clear the entire map going the wrong way. Wow. So it was, like, half an hour of me just going into rooms and sitting there and praying <laughs> I didn't nudge the controller to make my character move and die. Sending it down on the floor very daintily. No, so you can't do that with the PS4 controller because the triggers are super sensitive. Oh, no! <laughs> I was holding it, like, by one handle the whole time. <laughs> it was the most shameful win but i'm like fuck it i i because i lost to satan like three or four times as well I'm like yeah. I'm so done with this i am so glad mega satan is not a part of any kind of requirement <laughs> i am waiting for afterbirth to change that oh god yeah you know afterbirth they, they've got to add some kind of incentive afterbirth yeah it's a fantastic name Conjures such lovely images too. You know, I, I was—I've been—I've been quiet because I—I don't know really anything about uh, mm-hmm. Binding of Isaac, and I'm the first to say, you know what? I like—I think poop and fart jokes are funny, but <laughs> I'm actually kind of grossed out by a lot of what I've seen in <laughs> Binding of Isaac, and that's really what's been holding me back. I think that's what holds—I <laughs> think that's really what holds a lot of people back. Really, is it's not an art style that's meant to appeal to everyone. No, well, and and I've read I've read about like uh, why a lot of it is the way it is. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You yeah. know, it's a kid. It's you yeah. know, it's really interesting. It's a great fucking game, though. Absolutely. I, yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Cool. It's okay, Hutch. You don't have to like everything we like. I know. I'm I'm Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? would be super evil about requiring Mega Satan, though. What? Is that then you'd be incentivized to ignore Devil Deals. Yeah, that's so de- mean. And Devil Deals are the one thing keeping the Lost viable. Yeah, because there's really nothing on the uh, Angel Room side uh, yeah. that makes the fun- playing the Lost viable. The funny thing is that now that you've played as the Lost, there is. Yeah. Like, you've got... Yeah, actually- grab, God- grab Godhead, grab the body, grab the soul, grab the no, mind. <laughs> I just realized the body doesn't do shit for him. No, it was like, uh, the, I couldn't remember if it was the mind or the soul that... The soul, uh, the soul is the deflection one. Okay. The mind is, like, all compasses, all maps, which that, is awesome. It's that's great. That's really awesome. <laughs> yeah, Godhead is fun. <laughs> oh, it is. It's such a ridiculously broken item. It feels like that item they give you where it's just like, you know, yeah, you've already done everything in this game. Here's something that just completely breaks a run over its yeah. knee. Yeah. It's like super weapons in Resident Evil, where it's just like kills everything in one hit practically. Yeah, just like and, and like you can't miss shots with it practically because it just homes in on everything and it has this ridiculously large aura that gets bigger. Um, yeah, like the more power ups you put behind it. Yeah, it's like homing and just AOE damage. Yeah, so like if you miss, your tier flies by the enemy and still does a ton of damage. I got like that and Sacred Heart on the same run. It was like, oh, oh my I am just- god. That's so broken. Just like, doot, doot, doot. Oh, Blue Baby's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and like, Sad Bombs uh, and uh, Godhead. Oh God. <laughs> and I just set that right down next to Blue Baby. Like, basically every boss. It was just like, I've got Sad Bombs, which like, throw out, what is it, eight 
directional tiers. I think it's ten, actually. It might be... Okay, it's eight or ten directional tiers that I think are two times as powerful as your normal tiers. And yeah, basically, that just annihilates everything before your <laughs> health bar even appears. <laughs> great. What That's a, great a cool game. game. That's a great game. I, I still don't know how... I got from hating the original to now. I just kept playing it for like half a year, and now <laughs> we're done. You should uh, you should go back and play the original. <laughs> uh, I, do, I still need I do, to do that video sometime. Yeah, you told yeah. me we were going to do a video making fun of the Lost, and now we and, and now we've already <laughs> yeah. Like my idea for the video was I'm going to make a, uh, the shortest Let's Play ever. I was like, all right, guys, here's like me playing as the Lost. Oh, I'm dead. Well. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> and then, and now it's just like, See you know, you I, next time on let's play with Polly. Exactly. It's just like, you know, I can, but like now I think, you know, I could still throw down as the lost anytime and try to have a pretty decent, a pretty decent go at, at it now yeah. just because I'm much better at the game because you just have to learn to be. Yeah. And it's not even, it's not as hard as it sounds. I mean, you've got to put work into it. You've got to grind it out. Because you've got a lot to learn that you're like when you don't have to worry about health, you know. So it's like I'm the kind of person that throws my health away at deals all the time, you know. But you still got, but I'm still able to take two or three hits before I'm dead. Yeah. Um, but as lost, you know, you just don't have that luxury. It's one hit and it's over. <laughs> I love that getting killed by a Malaboom is one of the requirements to unlock him. Yeah. I think it's fitting because that's an an enemy I never really thought about until you're playing as him, and then holy fuck, they're scary. Yeah, yeah. Amola Boom is an enemy that looks kind of like the, uh, a normal enemy that you fight, who just kind of like runs away from you, and like even if you touch them, they can't damage you, but they just kind of cry and spit out flies. Um, and I think the flies they spit out can't even do contact damage to you, so they're basically a worthless enemy. Um, and then there's an, a version of them called the Mullaboom. Um, and they have, like, b- a bomb stuck in their head and just run at you crying. <laughs> They're think suicide of, bombers. They're think, the guy from, what is it? Serious Sam. Oh, yeah. Serious Sam. <laughs> it's one of the yeah. best sounds in a video game ever is those dudes <laughs> running at you. It's the, one of the best sounds ever, but it's also the most goddamn terrifying. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like the laugh in Killer7. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Killer yeah. <laughs> Playing as a character that can't get hit, you enter a room and three of those guys rush you. You're like, fuck! Yeah, you're <laughs> counting your shots. You're just like, I need to kill, like, like, I need four shots to kill each one of these, and you're counting every single one. Mm-hmm. And you have to be some a certain distance away because they explode anyways. Yeah. Scary shit. <laughs> it's good stuff. The Binding of Isaac Rebirth is really good, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> as if this podcast hasn't endorsed it enough. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be... Kinda- Soxcast episode twenty has been sponsored by. <laughs> It'll probably be on my game of the year list again this year because you know, yeah. with Afterbirth coming out, I'm definitely going to be spending a significant portion of time playing that. The first yeah. repeat winner. Yeah. <laughs> How no many socks out of five? Forty-seven. Wow. Yeah, it's that and Spelunky are the um, roguelikes. I'm probably gonna sink a lot of time into next time I feel like playing a roguelike. Since awesome. it happens just every now and then, yeah, I think I think that you'll love them to death. Yeah, that's my, that's my feel. They're really different, though. They're different, definitely. They're really cool games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that your number one was Binding of Isaac, and Reach was Spelunky, right? 
Was, oh, mine was Splunky, wasn't it? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cool. It's, it's, good, it's good company at the top. Yep. Cool. So, I got around to playing another video game. Two <gasps> video games. I'm actually playing more than one video game for once. You have time for that? My, amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I'm surprised I had time to do it as well, because, like, Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth 2 just came out, and it's just like... It's just like there's no way I can sit down and play it right now. I just I, I like I want to invest myself into it, but I just I, just I can't. thought about buying it, and then I was like, oh wait, I haven't actually played this first game. I don't even know if I like these stupid games yet. Play I don't even game. know what they are. I'm oh, gonna play Hyperdimension Neptunia One. We probably have a great time. You should play the first one first. Yes, my recommendation. Oh yeah. I, I don't. I honestly have no idea what they are, other than they're. It's full of stupid animes. Well, tune in. Tune like into the next episode. Yeah, tune in next episode. There will probably be a lot to say about. Is, um, is Chelsea going to be our next guest? No, I, I don't think she'll ever be a guest. She's too shy. No. Yeah, she's too shy. It's a shame. I won't force her, but she's more than welcome to ever come here. By the way, wants. I just I want to break up. Um, because we've all kind of glossed over my brilliance here while you were talking about let's play. <laughs> so I typed in to this to the Skype chat. Let's play. Oh, I didn't see it. That's pretty good. That is pretty Let's good. Play. Let's play. I saw it and I laughed. I, <laughs> you, as good as I didn't hear it, so it doesn't count. Almost as good as Rhett's play. Rhett's play <laughs> is... I, it, but it's, it's so simple, but it's brilliant. Oh, God. So, um, how many here have experience with the Ratchet & Clank series? I have watched other people play them. I have the first game. I want to play it at some point. Ah, oh, they're really good. Uh, the Ratchet and Clank series for me is kind of like a, a gaming comfort food. Um, mm. Because it's a series of platformers that's focused a lot on really high action combat, crazy weapons. Like, that's kind of its shtick. Like, you've got, like, if you look back at the PS2, they had, like, sort of, I guess, three types. Uh, you know, your platforming came in sort of three types. You know, you've got your Sly Cooper, which is kind of like stealth kind of platforming stuff you've got mm. uh the jack series which the jack is... and daxter one which is yeah. the boring one yeah, yeah jack and daxter one. one is boring and then uh... i i owned jack and daxter and i owned ratchet and clank and i was looking at the games and i picked jack and daxter and played it for 10 hours and i just oh. wish i could have gone into the alternate universe where i just pl- plucked up ratchet and clank yeah which uh... Um, which uh, which one was uh, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter? Which one was by Naughty Dog? Uh, Jack and Daxter. Jack and Daxter. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and I'm sure Jack Two and Three are cool. But yeah, Jack Jack, Jack Two is insanely difficult, mm-hmm. but it has a really really good story, and it goes into Three and gives the series a nice little conclusion. Uh, but it's just it, like it's so weird going from Jack One, which is this weird like silent protagonist hippy-dippy platformer with silly characters and collecting things, to Collecting uh, so our next game, many things. Our next game has got a Grand Theft Auto component. Uh, yeah. It's dark and gritty. Uh, there's cursing. It's just like, what in the world? <laughs> there's guns. Yeah. It's like, what I've, in the world is going on? It definitely, it probably, it's definitely much like, they. it, it, it felt like, because um, I watched uh, other, I watched Kaz. <laughs> I'll keep talking about him. Uh, play like Jack One and then Jack Two, and uh, seeing the difference between them feels like yeah, this definitely kind of feels like it's the genesis of Uncharted. Yeah, mm. it That's feels cool. like a certain game called Grand Theft Auto Three came out between them. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I kind of like 
how the the driving around and stuff works in Jack 2, though. It's really cool with the hover cars, and there's, like, a top and bottom lane for traffic, so you can just, like, dart in and out of, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool little high-speed chase things normally, you can get Normally into. I feel really weird about taking, like, a bright and cheery platformer and turning it into a gritty, dark and gritty shooting game. It Jack it. and Daxter is really boring and kind of bad, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, that, <laughs> no, that first game is so not very good. This is, I, it's, I, it's not immediately obvious that it's bad either. Yeah, like, it, it takes a while to set in. It takes a while to set in, and then you realize, uh-huh. wait a minute, I'm still doing the same thing I was doing in the first hour of the game, uh-huh. like twelve hours later. And then it's just it just all rushes at you at once. All yeah. this, all of the what you've been <laughs> doing for the last ten hours, and it's like, oh god, oh my god, video games are bullshit. This is bullshit. And then you never video games are a lie. And then you never play Ratchet and Clank, and then you feel really bad years later when 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 your podcast co-host tells you that it's a really great little series. And that was how Jack and Daxter ruined my life. <laughs> Thanks, Naughty Dog. Mm-hmm. But um, I got uh, I, I, like I bought this game when it came out, and I'm, so, I'm like, is this gonna sound weird? Because, like, uh, this game came out quite a while ago. It was either 2011 Jesus. or... 2010, 11, or 12. I can't remember. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, A Crack in Time. Um, and it's oh. just... A, it, it's the second uh, PS3 entry of the series uh, after Tools of Destruction, which is another really, really great entry of the series. Um, uh, Wikipedia says this game came out in 2009. Oh, my God. Have I really <laughs> <Yeah>. had it? <laughs> It was a long generation. 2015 has been... 2015's been a pretty quick year, I feel. Wow, I've really... Wow, I've had that game on my shelf for six years? (laughs) And I finally got around to playing it? You've had it for six years and you're only 21. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I like him. Let's let's keep him. Let's keep him. I like me too. Do you respond well? You to keep the name buttering John? me up. Maybe I'll sing you, a song about you. Uh, guys. D- would you? How would you feel if we kept you but kept calling you John? <laughs> Wait, well, I, like I could where probably this is going. My, I could probably raise the pitch of my voice just a little bit. No, just talk like you normally do. But oh, we'll yeah. just we'll just uh, call you John. How you feel just about call that? Me John Styles John, man. We can we can spin it out that way, but just you're, you're good with John. Just, just John. I, well, to be I don't know. I I never played um, Chrono Trigger enough to constantly reference it and throw it into every <laughs> seed it into every conversation. Have I don't played, know if I'm a direct replacement. Have you played Sonic the Hedgehog? I did. Okay, yes. good, good. <laughs> Checking the first one is being being clear here. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've okay. You know what? Actually, it's interesting. <laughs> um, I was I was thinking a lot about the Sonic the Hedgehog games. Um, it all and... comes back to Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. It all comes tumbling down. Okay, tumbling. okay. The biggest point that I wanted to make is that a lot of people were talking about, uh, like, the two biggest critiques of the game are, one, that it's too easy, that as long as you have a ring, you basically never die. And done. two, the game constantly, like, the premise of the game is about going fast. And the games constantly create obstacles to stop you from going fast. Which is dumb. Um, and what I was thinking about is these games came out at a time when a lot there a lot of games were centered around memorization, and really the whole thing was just memorizing obstacles 
in games, memorizing, you know, where things come out. And, like, you know, that's where a lot of the difficulty is, is just not knowing, but then pattern recognition and doing that, right? So I was thinking, like, it's no different with Sonic. It's just presented in a different way. Instead of these obstacles taking life or, you know, killing you and making you go to the beginning of the game, these obstacles are taking your time in a game that you want to keep going forward. And the better that you get with these games, the more, the more you recognize the patterns, the faster you are able to go, and then it becomes more rewarding. But the games are more, they're more streamlined, right? They're more accessible. So instead of being like, ah, oh, fuck, I got to start all over again. No, it's just, shit, now I got to get back up to speed to get to where I really want to be again. Yeah. Um, and I think it's actually, I think that's something that's glossed over a lot. And I, um, I, like I said, I always liked the Sonic the Hedgehog games. I think someone explained it to me in this really neat way where it's like, take Super Mario Brothers 1, strip <laughs> out the run button, yeah. and fix the mushroom, the, and combine the mushroom and the coins, mm. and in the process basically streamline the game and make it better and you have the first Sonic game. I think uh, I Sonic don't... 1 kind of takes Mario and does it better. Hey, well, Paul, I mean, what are you playing? I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but that is the genesis <laughs> of Sonic. Okay. Yeah. The creator being like, I'm I played like the first level of Sonic uh, Super um, over and over again. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be you have weapons. I can't actually <laughs> understand what this is saying. You know, no. you Somebody played Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it's Polly's What have you been Sorry. doing, Rat? <laughs> How did we get started on Sonic? I played Ratchet and Clank. Oh. It was good. Whatever. Cool. Aww. I want to know about no. this game. Yeah, um, tell us more about it. We're sorry. <laughs> I'm just, it's just a, such a weird place that the tangent went off on. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to. I've been thinking a lot about Sonic lately. John, you're always lot. thinking a lot about Sonic. Yeah, way to derail the conversation, John. God. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Hutch because his light laugh is just as piercing as mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I played through Ratchet and Clank a crack in time. This is a series that, like, between installments, they don't really see a lot of growth. It's just a series that knows what it does and has sharpened that to such uh, a degree that they can knock it out of the park nearly every time. And they know how to add just enough to the concept, uh, be it with cooler new weapons to play with or, like, Uh, new gameplay styles like this one is obviously focused on manipulation of time Um, (laughs) and uh, Clank's uh, like Ratchet and Clank are usually you know they're together you know they like they rely on each other's abilities to you know complete objectives in pretty much all of the games you know Ratchet wears Clank as a backpack and he's got a propeller on his head and he can you know float you to platforms and stuff but um, in this game, due to events in the previous game, they've ended up split up, and um, they've got to sort of go on their own adventure, where Ratchet is going on sort of a trip to, like, um, he's, one, trying to find Clank, obviously, but he's also going through sort of a bit of his history, and, like, why, you know, like, why what happened to his race of people happened, and where they're at, are they alive, is he really the last Lombax, you know, 
uh, of his kind. And Ratchet is, or, or Clank goes on a journey to become the Keeper of Time, um, which, you know, obviously is a big um, uh, component of the game. So a lot of his gameplay ends up being solving some really cool puzzles that you can sort of think of as sort of a, a more timing-focused version of maybe the Swapper. Um, <clears throat> where you have to like, like they'll they'll introduce time pads at the first of every puzzle, and you can stand mm-hmm. on a time pad and record your input. Uh, so you'll like see like okay, there is a switch that I need to hit that'll lower a platform. So I will start recording on one pad, run over, hold down the switch, stop recording, and then um, I will go to the second time pad, start recording for it, run myself over to. The, the the platform that I need to get on and then boom uh, and the puzzles obviously get way more complex than that like ridiculously so but by the time you need like you need to like be recording like four entities at once of yourself and then like re-recording over another one to like retrace its movements because you need it to keep doing more and more so that the other ones don't fail so um mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm doing a great enough job of trying to explain it. Uh, it's just something you kind of have to interact with uh, to really get a full feel of it. But, you know, you basically just you have to create clones of yourself, make them perform different tasks in conjunction with one another, which involves you obviously needing to keep track of your timing. You know, it's like, OK, yeah. like I need to like I can't just stand on this switch now with my first copy because the platform needs to go back up. Now that the uh, the second dude is there, so I have to re-record the first one. Watch how fast I get over to the platform on the other clank, and then step off the platform or step off of the the button that holds the the platform down, so that it can shoot uh, the other guy back up. And then you have to re-record that second one, get on there, and then continue the puzzle from there. Um, and you, like I said, you get to starting to mess around with like four and five uh, time pads at once trying to solve these just ridiculously huge puzzles. Um, and, and that's really stupidly satisfying to have a component of the game that is not entirely focused on um, the combat and the crazy-ass weapons, but you still got that, um, you know, when, the, when the, the, the narrative dictates that, you know, you go back to uh, playing as Ratchet. And, and that part of the game is, you know, it's essentially as solid as it's ever been, the, you know, like, they never fail to create sets of weapons that are um, unique to like platforming. Like you know, it's like I, I like I think the series signature weapon is the Groovatron, which is like a disco ball that you throw out and enemies just start dancing, and then you can just basically have your way with them. <laughs> uh, but there's like fun shotguns, rocket launchers, but they're always there's always like an interesting twist to them. Um, and like, and and it pays to use them all because they can all level up uh, five times. Mm. Um, so you know, like, and the game encourages variety in both its enemy design and level design because you know you also get fun gadgets that you can use, uh, like hover boots and shit. And it's just like, it, a lot of it is you know pretty milk toast for the series, but it's it's something again that I think that because it's a series that's so honed at this point and knows what it's doing with its mechanics but it's still like um original enough to toss in some new ideas that don't feel tacked on like the like the clank stuff could have easily felt really tacked on 
if it wasn't as fleshed out as it was, because you know, but like, because because then you would just be playing a Ratchet and Clank game without Clank, you know, being with Ratchet, which you know, like a whole, you know, and th- th- that's where you start getting into the whole point of how well these games are written. Um, they the, like they take take like the 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 Saturday morning cartoon aspect that like the Sonic games kind of want to be now. You take that, yeah, from like Sonic Colors on, yeah. Take yeah. that, and this series kind of does it all right because they're these games are legitimately Ooh. funny. These games are legitimately Ooh. funny. The animation, <laughs> like the way the games are animated, are just like there's so much exaggeration in the animation and the characters that like, I think it's really hard to make anthropomorphic characters kind of like emote in a way that's believable. Mm. And and you get a lot like, you know, even though this is, you know, mostly a comedy, there are some very like, like sentimental moments in the story where you're like, wow, how, how did they pull that off? Like they pulled off a really clever, sweet little twist there at the end or this special moment um um <clears throat> but yeah it's just like the like like if you want games that are genuinely funny um the Ratchet and Clank games are just like like I've laughed out loud a number of times playing every single game in the series um and like cool. you don't really like 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 the series is uh it does have its, its ongoing little narrative, but they're usually good enough about keeping you up to snuff that you can pretty much jump into any installment uh, and not really feel like you're being left behind, save for like a few weird callbacks to other games. Like, uh, like I think the best games in the series are um, probably Going Commando, uh, Full Frontal Assault, and uh, the two uh, PS3 games. Um, a you lot can't, of can't really yeah there are a shit ton of ratchet and clank games at this point but i think if you like want the best the series has to offer uh you would want tools of destruction a crack in time going commando and full frontal assault or definitely <laughs> you know definitely don't like you know don't want to miss those i think the first game is still pretty good but it lacks that's one i have yeah it <laughs> lacks a lot of the conveniences that uh make the series a lot more playable though like um like like the 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 later games starting from going commando on have like a strafing function which you think would be like in a game that's primarily focused on combat would kind of be like that's kind of like one of the first things you would want and mm-hmm. like the first game doesn't have a strafe function it's uh it's aiming is kind of really bad um but that said, you know, like, you're not missing much if you don't play it, but it's still a pretty decent game if you want to. It doesn't have, like, weapons that level up and change over time. Um, and, 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 like, the economy is rather restricted in that game, too. Like, you've got to really make all of the uh, the currency you find count. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Nifty. I would definitely say, like, Rhett, I know you'd mentioned to me that yeah. you were interested in checking out A Crack in Time. I think you should definitely do it, like... Uh, I think it's got everything you would love in a game. It's got ridiculous action. It's got crazy boss fights at the end of the game that are just, like, completely stupid and over the top. (laughs) And uh, and the main villain uh, of the game, uh, Dr. Nefarious, is one of my favorite uh, villains ever just because of how ridiculously loud he is at all times. I don't know how the voice actor did it, but he's just literally yelling everything at all times in this loud, shrill, 
almost like a John laugh. Um, <laughs> it's very. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that could not have been more perfect. <laughs> what? What? I wasn't listening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Brett, I think you will. You'll find a lot to love here if you really like just the crazy, like kind of craziness, just really silly storyline that has its little sentimental moments. Um, um, but if you ever get the chance, I would definitely say check out Tools of Destruction as well, because I think that that's like, uh, you know, a game where Ratchet and Clank are together, kind of, you know. Is that the second one on PS2? That's the first one on uh, PS3, uh, to- Tools of Destruction. Uh, it's called Ratchet and Clank Future uh, Tools of Destruction. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, Tools of Destruction is a game where, like, you know, it's Ratchet and Clank working more closely together, and this is definitely sort of a departure where they're on their own doing their own thing. Um, and I, it's just a fantastic game. I had a hell of a time with it. I, it only took me, I think, two or three play sessions to get through the whole thing. Uh, it was about 15 hours or so, I want to say. Cool. Uh, so, cool. yeah, that's good stuff, and that's about all I've been up to. Does it play like a third-person shooter? Like, are you aiming with the right stick? Um, well, the game has, like, a really good auto-lock mechanic where, like, when you're strafing, uh, like, you'll get a target radical that'll just pop up on whatever you're aiming at. But you can still, like, move that around a bit with the right stick uh-huh. uh, to, to, to influence it. But it's got a really, really lenient auto-lock feature, and most weapons have a pretty good AOE effect uh, most of the time. So, you know, the game's just about blowing a lot of things <laughs> up at once. I do tend to like games like that. Yeah, and it's another <laughs> weird thing that I have always loved about these games, and it's, it's just something completely dumb. But, like, yeah, the, the, the currency in the game is bolts, and everything you hit drops bolts, and the bolts are just constantly flying everywhere. So it's just like, like, I'm talking like tens of thousands at a time. They're just, they're, and, and they're all drawn to your characters. So you're just completely <laughs> destroying things. And like these bolts are just flying at you from every direction because of everything you're blowing up. And it's just so satisfying. So uh, it's, it's like a modern shmup. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like a, a, a collecting power-ups, like the way they work in Crimson Clover or something mm. where it's just like, they're just constantly being fed to you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, and that's all I've been up to. So, Rhett. Hi. Why don't you, you do the podcast talkie thing? Uh, I played a bunch of smaller stuff this week in addition to Isaac. Okay. So maybe Neat. I won't spend too long on each of them. Uh, I played The Wolf I Among Us, stuff. which is the Telltale game that came after uh, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. It's okay. That's like, that's mostly what I hear about it is. Eh, it's all right. Yeah. Like I definitely is the Telltale game that came after The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I didn't go into this expecting like a masterpiece of emotions and stuff and I was just like tell me a story and then they told a story that kind of fell apart at the end. <laughs> oh. Do you think that has like, anything to do with the fact that there's like a season 2 coming and they were planning for that? I don't even know, because I think it might actually just be based off the comics, so, like... Honestly, cause... I don't hear great things about the comics, either. Yeah. At least how they've come. Mm. The Fables books, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe a lot of the problems with it were that, like, they couldn't do things that diverged too much, like, they didn't want to kill characters or whatever. I'm not entirely sure on that, like, which came first, the comic the comic of this arc, because I think there is a 
Well, it's not like The Walking Dead ever really relied on, like, killing characters or anything like that. (laughs) No, no. But one of the biggest problems I had with The Wolf Among Us is that uh, they set up a twist at the end of episode one that is incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. And then walk it back, like, immediately. Ah, jeez. Yeah. And I could probably actually put you guys off from playing ever playing this, because if you boil it down, it's a game about a serial killer who goes after prostitutes. Oh, good. Yeah, it, is, it is dark Are and you, Do you play as Jack the Ripper? No, you play as the detective. Um, pause friend. for just a minute, y'all. Sorry. Um, I need to actually move out of this room. Mind if I just... Can is we pause for just a minute? Why? Um, no, um, this is where my mom is sleeping. Okay. Mom, say hi. Hi, <laughs> hi, mom. Oh wait, now you can say, say it again. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, Mama Thire sounds like a product from an infomercial. <laughs> and we don't even know. You? She's still here. You know? <laughs> There's got to be a better way. Introducing oh, the she Mama said, Thire. She said, she said, like an announcer on an infomercial. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I'll take that as a compliment. He sounds like me. That's what I said. He has a piercing laugh that matches mine. <laughs> All right, I'll be right back because there's a couple okay. more things in here. I need to move. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't talking to y'all. God. John, it's time for you to go to bed. Oh, sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're embarrassing me in front of my internet friends. <laughs> So it has this twist, right, at the mm-hmm. end that they completely hand wave away in the next episode. Oh, yeah, it's it's really bad. Like they kill a character and then they come back, basically. Oh, <laughs> like five seconds into episode two. Yeah. Oh, just kidding! Uh, oh my god, uh, I killed Kenny. It's yeah, it's literally like the big shocking twist of episode one is this character dying, and then like the title card cut is when. In episode two is when oh they're actually alive, like that's <laughs> it's bad. It's like what? Yeah. That's so it's so weird because like the premise is that everyone is like fables and like you play as the big bad wolf and like your mm-hmm. assistant is Snow White and like all the other characters are like Tweedledee and Tweedledum and like all these named characters, mm. and then it's this gritty story about them living in New York and people being murdered. <laughs> sounds like it's just trying way too hard yeah i think that's a good way of putting it maybe i so really like, like i think i think like alice and alice madness returns are as far as you can push that before it starts feeling a little too try hard and even then alice feels kind of try hard at times oh, oh yeah, yeah totally yeah. i oh man as much as i love those games i can definitely uh yeah i definitely get that vibe I like them mm-hmm. for the art. Oh, yeah, definitely. God, and the music. So good. Uh, <laughs> hey I guys, should really go back and go do... off in any tangents here. Yeah. We don't do that on this podcast. No, no, no. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm really bad with that. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry even I though everything. <laughs> so even though I wasn't expecting, like, you know, because the Telltale Illusion is, oh, your choices matter. The game is tailored to how you play. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't expect... 
much to change based on my choices in The Wolf Among Us. And even then, I was still pissed off at how little it felt like anything I did mattered. Yeah, it was just mm. kind of like a kinetic novel at that point. Yeah. yeah that's a bummer. Because there's this one thing in, like, episode four or five where it's like, this character is going to get evicted. So I chose to give him money. So it's like, okay, now you're not going to get evicted. And then he did anyways in the last episode. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you're just ignoring my choices now. It's like, pe- like they're writing it so that people are going over my head to be like, no, get him the fuck out. Like, then why are you giving me, like, a million fake choices? Yeah, like, really. If nothing matters. I will say, though, I replayed a bit of the fifth episode just to see how it changed. And uh, you can kill, basically, your suspect at the end of that fifth episode. Mm-hmm. The scene after that really changes where either you have like this long kind of court sequence with him being accused or he's just dead now. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Choice matters. Agency in video games. So I can't really say how much does or doesn't change. But there's definitely a good 20 minutes there that's definitely completely different depending on one choice. So that's nice. Mm. There's something. But overall, it's just kind of like, yeah, it, that was fine, I guess. Uh, next game I played was Trials Evolution. Ooh. That game looks so cool. You showed me our, lots of videos of it, and it looks really, yeah. really neat. From our favorite indie game studio, Ubisoft. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like... What, but actually, yes. <laughs> yeah. Didn't those games... Isn't that... Didn't those games get started on Newgrounds? Or, like, some other... You know, Flash website conglomerate. Ugh, Lord knows, I... nothing good has ever come out of Newgrounds. <laughs> I will. That's not true. I have no idea where. I'm, this I'm making a joke. Oh, okay. Reads puts yeah. games on there. I came from Newgrounds. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say Rhett came from Newgrounds. That's, <laughs> that's awfully rude of you to say. Uh, I don't know where the Trials games came from because I think Trials itself is just like an actual sport. Yeah, it's an actual sport. Oh, yeah. I just remember like like over 10 years ago playing uh, like pop cap games something like that that was exactly trials the game it's just like and hey then, here's a physics flash game yeah there there yeah, are yeah exactly and yeah. then like you mm-hmm. know 5 years later it became this big thing i think that's possible i'm not entirely sure i mean what was that hot wheels or something oh yeah something that, like that that one with happy like wheels? The ba- happy wheels that's happy yeah. wheels Ugh. God, that's probably five years old now at this point. Hey, this is good, I'm going to play. Uh, uh, don't. Don't. <laughs> We're getting bleeped. <laughs> I'm so never allowed tri- back on ever again. Trials Evolution is the newest one in the series, but it's the first that I've played, and uh, I really like it. It Those games require some dexterity. I was about to say, I really like it until you reach the hard mode and then it becomes miserable yeah Ah. yeah that's unfortunately like i played uh the one before this um i can't remember the name of it. trials hd yeah i think think it was it's either trials hd there might have been another one between i think the one that came out between the one that came out before trials evolution was trials hd and then that one was prefaced by trials 2 in 2007 and the one before that was trials 2000 Published okay. in browsers in two in two thousand. Wait, it did start as a browser game. It did start as a browser game. That's really funny. Yeah, yeah. like fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. See, I knew things. 
So yeah, Trials, yep. I, I remember playing Trials HD, and I kind of just, like, hit a boiling point with it, where I was like, this isn't really, like, fun anymore. This just requires a level of dexterity and, and, and perfect timing that I do not have in me and, anymore. And lock, yeah. yeah. It's all just execution at that point, and that's kind yeah. of boring. It's it's weird, too, because I really enjoyed, like, the easy and medium difficulty levels, <laughs> mm-hmm. where it feels like a racing game, where yeah. you're, like, figuring yeah. out how to... how fast to go over certain jumps and like turning making the turns and then you hit the hard mode and it just becomes entirely about bunny hopping off of ledges and stuff yeah. and like you can't make a single jump without really thrusting yourself off and it's just not as fun but then the game has a really in-depth level editor for oh, yeah. people to make stuff and the funniest thing is though i joked about it being ubisoft game earlier they made an open world for the level editor Oh my god. But it's in the best way because it's just you have this giant <laughs> like world with like mountains over here and then like a city over there and mm-hmm. some plains over there. You just literally put a point down and then draw a line in any direction and that becomes the base of your level. That's kind of cool actually. Yeah. So it's it's really cool and then you can add stuff like ramps and jumps to make it a little more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. And then some people just do completely insane stuff like and it like make toy rooms with functional Game Boys. Oh wow! Yeah, and some have like scripted moments of like volcanoes erupting, and like <laughs> it's really cool. That's the kind of stuff in Trials I love—just the over-the-top absurdity of the things going on in the background. Yeah, mm-hmm. but some of the user levels go way beyond that. Where it's like one level I played was called like Escaped from Hell. So there's like a user-made Satan in the background that looks kind of janky, but it's like made out of like pre-made balls or something like <laughs> but then like he's shooting fire and shit at you it's like crazy that's and, really like, there's cool. earthquakes going off someone made a level that like plays in first person oh lord yeah mm. that would make me ill i think yeah yeah it was a very easy track to balance it out but then there were some loop-de-loops oh lord it's more like look what we can do yeah so even though like I'm not going to finish the main campaign because fuck the hard mode stuff, mm-hmm. and then I don't even want to look at extreme, but I was able to get a good amount of enjoyment from the user levels. Yeah, like, just, th- those games just become way too... Way too hard. Way too hard by the end, and it's just like... Just give me a jump button. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was almost thinking earlier, like, in the medium levels where it's like really about keeping your speed and your momentum. Like this is almost what I'd want a new Sonic game to play. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's actually about like momentum based platforming, except mm-hmm. in this, obviously, well, obviously Sonic wouldn't really work in this because he has legs and not two wheels, right. <laughs> but, but there's almost something mm-hmm. there. And then it gets so hard at the end. I'm like, just give me a jump button. <laughs> and I will slam this game a bit. The uh, menu interface for the user levels is kind of fucking miserable, though, because you have to unlock the bikes through progression in the main game. Yeah. But then it won't give you those if a user level requires a certain bike. That's really dumb. It'll download the level, get you to the bike select screen, and be like, this bike isn't unlocked yet. Oh, my God. (laughs) So you just have to back up. I couldn't believe they did that. So, like, I wasn't even able to engage in that stuff until I'd gotten like halfway or so through the main campaign and then 
there's like a ton of DLC. So like 90% of the levels now are like, requires this DLC to do this user-made level. I'm like, oh, that sucks. It's terrible. At least like I think with the little big planet yeah. games, they would at least like download like like they wouldn't give you the DLC, but you could still play with the things because it would just download them and it was just like that one time you played the level. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Like local hosting of the DLC. Or yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, they definitely wanted to push that. Actually, now that I think about it, like the first thing the game did when I booted it up was Check for DLC. Was like automatically scroll to the right and then go oh, you can get more worlds if you buy the DLC. I'm like, I haven't even played the fucking game yet. (laughs) And you're already... And then even... So I got this on a PSN sale where it was like the full game was five bucks. Right. And I I get in and then immediately they schlock the DLC to you. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't buy it on Steam. So now the DLC will never go on sale. Yeah. Sure enough, next week the DLC actually did go on sale, but it was ten bucks. I'm like, that's twice as much as I paid for the game. I'm not falling for your shit. <laughs> and then, you know, I actually got bo- kind of frustrated with the difficulty by the end. So it's like, I don't even need that stuff, really. Yeah, it's like, you know, like, if the, if the main game is already this difficult, like, and there's yeah. DLC and extra tracks, it's like, how worse is it going to get? Yeah. Because I, th- I think they do bounce it out so that there's some medium difficulty ones in those. But, like, I don't want even want to know what extreme is. Yeah. Besides frustration. I've seen I've seen people try, and it's just like that's that's not for me. No thanks. Yeah, because I like hard games, but there's something about the way this one controls. It that requires feels like, just oh. such finesse. It requires yeah. just like a perfect level of execution that feels almost inhuman by the time you get to a certain point. Yeah, because I was really trying to get through some of the hard levels, and it's just like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do here. Because it's like, the checkpoint is starting me like two feet before a jump that lands you like on a 45 degree angle ramp, and then you have to jump off that, and it's like, I can't do this. Like, don't know how to keep any sort of speed doing stuff like that. Yeah, you just hit a real fuck this moment with something like that. Yeah, I was literally like, fuck this at one level where I couldn't even get past like the first jump. (laughs) <laughs> but that game overall Oof. I like yeah, it's just it's, it gets it's, so hard yeah and the funny thing though is that the user levels like they're ranking their how difficult they are themselves oh good so I found that like if you put it to medium it'll be a little bit harder than the game's medium levels mm-hmm. which is actually like what I wanted oh that's good so it, it was like okay I can use these as like a bridge between medium and hard but then hard was still too much way too unfathomable yeah because like in the normal game itself it felt like a really natural difficulty curve until you hit hard and it's just like okay now bunny hop off every single jump in this entire level i'm like what i barely even know how to do that yet so yeah it's a cool game just don't expect to finish it yeah unless you are inhuman yeah, I saw some videos of this guy being like, okay, here's how you bunny – or like – he was staying in place while jumping on the rear wheel con- yeah. consistently. I'm like, how the fuck are you doing that? He's Jeez. Like, and then he's like jumping and then doing a spin in midair and still landing on the back wheel perfectly. I'm like, what? Like b- b- there's a skill ceiling here that I am not prepared Oof. for. Which you will not Oof. aspire to. Yeah. Uh, so next game I played a little of Ho-Ho-Cum, which is, (laughs) 
He's super... He sent a message to me about this game saying, this looks like such a John game. And it made me happy that John game can mean like dreary, desolate, extremely hard punishing game and also just like relaxing indie color game. Yeah, uh, it sounds to me like a Christmas dating sim. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And Good that's night, the everybody. podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, this game is like a nice version of Yume Nikki. Oh, weird. <laughs> Where it, it's very dreamlike, and there's like no words in the game. You just kind of float around and spin in circles, and there's a little bit of puzzle solving. But like just the way the worlds connect, it's just like abstract and like you go through a portal and then there's a weird loading screen and then you're just in some other area and then there's a big hub that really reminds me of like the main circle in Yume Nikki cool. and I haven't finished it yet but like because each area has like a puzzle that you can solve and then some of those are so just kind of <laughs> unintuitive I guess like obtuse yeah because sometimes sometimes it's really obvious like oh there's a thing that I did and then I got the result I wanted. And sometimes it's just like, what? Like, you What is over... the logic here? Yeah, like you knocked over a pot <laughs> and then there was a dude in there and you win, yay. So sometimes I'll just like fly around for like 10 minutes and all of a sudden it's just kicking like, you win, you got the puzzle. <laughs> but it is a nice game. It's just maybe a little repetitive. And a little esoteric for its yeah. good. But, but like the first hour or so of just like, crazy sounds, it's just like, it sounds really nice yeah it sounds really nice it's a neat game i'm the problem i'm having now is that i just want to see all the areas so i know how many like puzzles are left but then like trying to navigate because the world is just connected in a weird non-linear way mm-hmm. so it's just mm-hmm. like where haven't i even been yet i don't know how to find that but mm-hmm. it's a cool game cool and, that, and then i played something very similar actually flower I oh, like so nice. Flower. You I like haven't gotten to play it yet. I, I like really, Flower. I really I've been wanting to play it game. since I played Journey. Mm. It looks super nice. Polly, is that a I like Flower but? No. Oh, it's just I like Flower. I actually really like that game. Like motion controls and all. I just really had a great time with it. Mm. Are the motion so I played the PS4 version. Mm-hmm. Are cool. the motion controls good on PS3? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was able I... to get through it perfectly. Okay. <laughs> It feels like a very natural liminal step between flow and journey because flow is like meant to be super nice and relaxing, but it's actually a really violent game (laughs) where you're running around eating everything and murdering every other organism in in your sight so you can grow stronger. (laughs) So then they went from that to, and and the tagline is like, life could be simple and it's this awful, really violent world. And then you have flower, which is just flower petals in the breeze so journey makes a lot more sense following that yeah yeah so it kind of reminded me of ho ho come being that it like starts with no tutorial and then you just kind of learn to fly and touch the other flowers and oh stuff is happening now but it felt a little dry on actual mechanics oh yeah definitely there are a lot of mechanics to it the whole mechanic is just movement yeah that's Mm -hmm. it so it definitely didn't outstay its welcome. I really liked the last level. Like the last was, level is so, so damn pretty. impressive. Yeah, it's so I good. I didn't the, like the fourth one uh, through the industrial area. I guess because you could actually die there. 
Yeah, I noticed that. Like, you get zapped, and then, like, your pedals start burning away. I'm yeah, like, oh, it's crap. like the one part of the game where you can mm-hmm. actually fail. And it's like, what? That does not make any sense whatsoever. Not mm-hmm. in the context of this game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's one part in Journey where you can... Where there's, like, a monster, and it almost eats you. And I remember thinking, like, can I can I die here? That doesn't make sense. So I, I walked up on, like, a third playthrough and then just waited so it could come eat me. And then it tore off, like, half of my <laughs> scarf... Oh no! Which is like the permanent, yeah, upgradable thing that powers your <laughs> jump, and just tears tears it away, and you don't have it for the rest of the game. Tear, you, you don't have. But that tells you a story. That tells exactly. you a story. You know, that's part of the journey. Is Which is my so shit much fucked up. It's so much better than if they just kill if it just killed you and you respawn thirty seconds earlier. Yeah, that's so what, it, that's what that level in Flower does. It's the only one I mm-hmm. didn't like, but I thought the rest of that game was just absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. Cool. So it sounds like Journey kind of takes that idea of trying to up the stakes for a moment and then in, um, puts it into the play a lot more gracefully. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. funny, though. You expect it just to die, and then instead it t- destroyed this permanent thing of yours. And you, so it's, it's like way, way worse. worse. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, shit, I didn't mean for that to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, Flower was it's a short little pleasant journey. <clears throat> I did not get super mad at it like somebody else. Oh, Lord. what is there to be mad at? One one of the Bombcast members, like the nicest yeah. guy, Vinny. Vinny got... absolutely has a blood vendetta with Flower. <laughs> he hated this game. <laughs> He's like, it's just showing off. It's trying to be too pretty. Like this is pretentious <laughs> bullshit. Vinny right. is like the nicest guy. Yeah, in the Vinny podcast. is like the Vinny is like John. Like, he tries to see the good in almost everything, and it, even he was just broken by Flower. I'll say that I'm tuning, I've am i been tuning out because I'm not the biggest fan of Flower either. Mm. What, is there, oh. all right, what don't you like about it? It's, I don't, it's just, it's... It's not really a video game. Not really. Well, but I don't know, and that's a whole other conversation, but it's just like, it's... It, it's like a weird experimental vision of like hey look what you can do with motion controls but it's it, it's so pointless and asinine and it, it's, it's to me it's like it's like if video games are art flower is modern art but in that kind of really shitty way that that you know that uh can be the same way that people just drop gloves in modern art museums and people will mistake it for an exhibit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how, how, like about, how about Zelani about... Stewart did a critical switch episode on minimalist yeah. art where he just tears it apart in like this really academic way. He's just like, this is why minimalist, the minimalist art movement and minimalist sculpture specifically didn't res- does not resonate with me. He like read yeah. books on it and did all this stuff. It was really interesting to listen to. So if it's... journey is a work of art, Flower yeah. is a work of fart. Poetics failed to resonate with you. That's very I don't valid. Like to, I don't like to speak ill of things and try upset people, but it just made... It, oh, I, I do. I do. I do it all the time. <laughs> Fuck Mega Man Legends 3. Fuck you. You know what? I like to get in my shower and turn on a nice, like, warm, slow drip and imagine I am showering in the tears of Mega Man Legends 3 fans. <laughs> That's how much I love your pain. I thought I, love, I, thought I, love Mega Man Legends, I like to but... just get in the shower and turn the hot water on and then deplete the entire building's hot water supply. <laughs> <laughs> 
I remember just, oh, when I'm in Legends sorry. 3 and they were like, we're going we want all, every one of you to send in character designs so that we don't have to make them ourselves. <laughs> it was weird. Today I was looking up images for the Gen 5 list and one of the mm-hmm. games is Mega Man Legends. <sighs> and when you type that in, you just get images from all three games. Oh no. Still mad. Because <laughs> it's just like I'm looking for screens from the PS1 game and like, oh, there's Arrow from the third game that was canceled. Oh, Motherfucker. <laughs> if I played 2, I'd probably be a lot more pissed off. I need to play 2 so I can fully appreciate <laughs> the Venom. Because I love Mega Man Legends. Yeah, 2 ends with this cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Oh, then, I know. Like Oof. 15 years later, never again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Flower. Good stuff. I was actually yep. going to say, I like, play it. if I was to like, pick a game to beat Games as Art, it probably would be <laughs> this one. <laughs> just just because it's literally like an art piece, yeah, but it's also right. interactive. And it has an ending, which I like. It I ha- fell it's... off my computer and hit my toe. It's... <laughs> <laughs> so it's like an actual little story or poem, and I like that. Yeah, and, if the po- and if the poetry doesn't resonate with you, then that's totally that's valid. Like in Touch's case. Yeah. It's, it's not a matter like... that it's trying to be art. It can fail. It can f- The poetics can fail with people, and that's valid. It's just like a 3D diorama of pretty flowers flying around, and you can interact <laughs> with it. Mm-hmm. Cool. It, it kind of reminded me of Knights, actually, on Saturn, because Ooh. of the like the unique controls and mm-hmm. like games that kind of try to evoke like the joy of flight. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like and, and and Flowers actually a good game, whereas Knights uh, was kind of garbage. I tried to get into Knights. I really right. want. I really want to try it out again at some point. I just I just like ruffling Rhett's feathers over yeah. uh, a few maybe few, maybe a few specific games. Maybe Flower is kind of like Outrun, without the failure state, where it's just this gorgeous thing and it's just nice and you feel. Well, good. I'm just saying, if Flower was about collecting twenty blue things, then returning to the start to deposit them and getting bonus chain time and doing loop to loops, might be a better game. <laughs> you fight a boss at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, I played Knights and was like, "What am I? What's going on? Oh my god! Oh no! What's happening?" <laughs> so, what else are you doing, Rhett? Uh I normally don't put stuff like this on the lists, like kind of small indie weird bullshit games. Because oh, we I get it, we get enough of that shit. From yeah, John, good lord. But I eventually decided this had to be on here because it's probably what I've played the most. A G A R dot I O. It's a website. John, don't go to it right now. John, oh, no. I, you, I already beat you there. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the like the classic fish game where like big fish eat the little fish. Yeah, meets Osmos. So like flow meets online multiplayer. Oh my oh, god, it really is. Oh, I know this god. game. This game is ridiculous. It's so goddamn addicting. Yes, I've. I got sucked in by watching um, Unprofessional Fridays uh, on Giant Bomb. and uh, Didn't they play for like an hour? Yeah, he played for like an hour, hour and ten minutes. Brad just kept going. He would not stop. It's, yeah, it is a time vampire. But it's so (laughs) simple and fun and just good. It is a reminder to me that like 
graphics don't Do, really matter yeah. because, as long as you have interesting and compelling mechanics because this game is literally nothing but colored circles bumping into each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, like, I like that you can, like, split yourself as you're about to get devoured or you can do that to snatch other people smaller than you. It's just, like, it's such a predatory game, but it's so easy to, like, yeah. pick up, play, and get lost in for literally an hour and not realize it. Mm-hmm. So th- and it's not like making a pretense of being like beautiful, like Flo no, is. not at all. So you can just enjoy the violence. It is just simple mechanics. <laughs> that is it. Yeah. So what really kind of saved this for me because the original mode was just a free for all and like yeah, you die really quickly usually. Yeah. But what is amazing now is they added a team mode. Mm. So when you spawn in, you'll be either red, blue, or green. Oh, that's and- awesome. And you can't eat people your same color, so you're all trying to work together to get the other guys. And then it, it adds in this weird teamwork element where, like, you can press W to shoot a little bit of yourself out, like, mm-hmm. not a full split. And then your teammates can grab that. Oh, that's so, like, really cool. You can, so, like, like, feed. If you're, yeah, you literally feed people. So if you're really big, you can feed the little guys around you so they're not so vulnerable. Or if you're a little guy, you can, like, feed the big guy to make him even bigger. This is really fun. I knew he was going to play it well. I knew you were going to play it well. John, did you name it. your did you name your circle Soxcast? No, I named it John. You no. should name it. You should name it Soxcast. I just ran into <laughs> I love Jesus, and also <laughs> this game sucks. Oh yeah, a lot of the names you come across are usually pretty good too. Yeah, I got devoured. I got devo- I got devoured by Japan last night. This is fantastic. Oh God, Walter Black, I'm fleeing. Oh god! Oh god! This is terrifying. John, put it away. Nuh-uh. John, I'm gonna continue. Kick, I'm gonna I kick continue. Re- See, I got really addicted to the teams mode for a while. It's. I, I did not know they added a teams mode. Oh my god! I just got huge. I just got huge, y'all. This is imbr- yeah, this man, is really fun. Oh my god! This is fantastic. <laughs> this is the best game of all time. <laughs> so yeah, Agar IO. <laughs> it's it's cool. You've already heard what it it has done to one of our co-hosts in (laughs) less than two minutes. I had one run where I was, like, the second biggest guy on my color team. Uh Uh-huh. And I saw the biggest guy coming towards me. I'm like, hey, buddy. And he's, like, being chased by, like, the other color. Uh Uh-huh. And it's really huge. So, like, I threw a ton of my mass at him. And he got bigger and turned right around and grabbed him (laughs) and became absolutely freaking huge i'm like yeah we did it like it was such like there's a little percentage counter in like the top right yeah to show which team is winning and you saw that like click over like 10 percent just from meeting that one dude That's i'm like awesome. yeah we did it and then he sent like a bunch of mass back to me so i wasn't as small as yeah, before just repay- like that's really cool i'm glad they added a team component it's really cool mm-hmm. seeing like wordless communication like that yeah that's really awesome and like, then, if like, there's something that game doesn't need, it's it's a, it's a chat of any kind. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Almost... Is there any? What happens when and when you run into the giant, um, into the nameless things that stay still? They you like split, split apart a bunch, they and that's can... kind of bad, right? Because yeah. you don't want to. You don't oh, want to yeah. be split unless you've chosen to split yourself. Okay. Yeah, cool. The spiky things. If you're too, if you're smaller than them, yeah, you, they don't you do, can go do through... anything. Yeah. Yeah. They're to fuck over bigger players. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, they're the so... ones who need the. Oh my god, this is great. I think you slowly. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna deter- get you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. I think like really big people actually slowly shrink over time. Like it's surprisingly balanced. Yeah, this is it's... really 
smart. Because then at that point, to eat somebody, you have to use the space bar to split in half, which makes you way more vulnerable. Yeah. So yeah, you just have... <laughs> I just killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Die. Think of all the Puny. fun you could oh, be no. having oh, right no. now. Oh, no. Oh, no. If this you played uh, agar.io. This is the new Chronomaniac Let's Play series. <laughs> uh, Actually, yes. I, should, I should do a video on this game tonight. You really should. Oh. Oh, there's Japan. Yep, I got eaten by them the other night. Well, they when you're playing free for all mode, like certain names will change how you look. Yeah, it's just being a random color. Like if you put a country name in, you'll usually be oh. CIA puts little glasses on you, little <laughs> yeah. uh, sunshades. Yeah, there's a couple that I don't like. Like yeah. I think Hitler is one, and 4chan is one. It's yeah. like you can t- actually tell like who made this game was probably some Channer guy. Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. It is a fun game when it's not super laggy. It was super laggy last night, and I couldn't play. Because, like, if it's taking, like, three seconds to redirect you when you move your mouse, like, that's unplayable. Yeah. Uh, and finally, I played Crimson Clover World Ignition. Yes! Ooh, I have this on my wish list. This is such a great schmop, isn't it, Rhett? John, I think you actually own it, because I was going to gift it to you. Oh, yeah, I do own it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> this is a fun game that I have. That is a realization to myself that I actually know I actually do like shmups. Because mm-hmm. I kind of cool. thought I fell off them after the last few Toho games were kind of busts. And there's that other one on Steam, Astabreed, I think. Yeah. I did not like that one. That like, game seems like less of a shmup and kind of more of just like lock on to things and let go and... Things keep it's, happening. Yeah, it's a lot of systems and bullshit, and I was yeah. never able to really get into it, because a huge part of it is, like, melee with the sword. Yeah. But yeah, fucking Crimson Clover, holy shit. That is that <laughs> is a shmup-ass shmup game. As bullets <laughs> everywhere. Like, But it's manageable. Yeah, it's manageable in a good way. Like, I think, like, the novice difficulty is a little bit easier than normal on Toho. Yeah. I'm Mm-hmm. So I've one CC'd that. I want to try arcade mode. <sighs> Probably get my ass beat. Oh god, arcade mode! You've got to grind that shit. I haven't started it yet. Like I've done everything on novice, um, yeah. And I haven't had like the stones uh, to go into <laughs> doing arcade mode runs yet. I've seen people do it, uh, but it's just like, oh god, I whew, you've really got to grind that out and be able to string it all together through all five stages. Yeah. I actually started my first run was on arcade, and then by the time yeah, I got you stage, you back off real quick. Stage three was like, holy shit, this ain't happening. Oh, <laughs> like like I'm just dying in like thirty seconds. Be like, continue, continue. Like, okay, I'll just I'll just stop now because yeah. this is embarrassing. This game, this game is telling me fucking stop. <laughs> but uh, Weird. goddamn, the break mode. <laughs> Did I not tell you how awesome going into break mode felt? What's even more awesome is double break. Double break mode. It's like, hey, I got all the bullets. Here they all go. Yeah, it's just you were covering, like, literally the entire screen. And, like, power-ups are just being vacuumed into you by the thousands. Yeah, it's like the gold cubes in Mars Matrix, but never-ending. The one thing that I don't know why they didn't include in this version is in the Japanese version, uh, the latest version, I believe... Uh, you can uh, change the transparency of the power-ups so that they oh. don't clutter. 
Huh. Yeah, I wish that they would have included that because I do have some slight vision problems trying to play that game and lo- kind of yeah. lose myself in the mass of bullets and power-ups. So I mm-hmm. wish they allowed you to uh, change the opacity of uh, the power-ups. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. Because, I, I mean, yeah, for my eyes, I think they do do a good job of having the bullets be like neon pink and neon yeah, blue. Yeah, yeah. Staying on top of everything. But yeah, if you're have any vision issues that's too bad because mm-hmm. the whole screen is covered in shit the entire yeah, time li- like you barely even see what is shooting you let alone the ground underneath it it yeah. is literally like the, the this game is filled with all the bullets you you could ever want but it's it, it feels manageable like it doesn't feel like this game is bullshit the patterns are smart yeah it feels like a really good balance between the, the bullet hell stuff of modern day and like the shmups where it's just more about destroying stuff and yeah, big tanks and stuff like the old oh, school it's, stuff it's things are just always blowing up and you've got yeah. your, you know and it's got that like ray crisis slash ray force kind of thing of like you hold a button mm. you hold in a button to charge like a multi attack that just like seeks out and attacks things on the screen and it's just yeah. like you're always just charging that and letting go yeah, you just get into a rhythm like tap, release, tap, release. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just great game. Yeah, and and the the, the variety in the ships is also quite good uh, with really? how with how they handle uh, how their little options work and the and their uh, and their main and sub weapons. I think that they have a decent variety. Wait, what sub weapons? The, Am I missing something? The sub weapons. I mean the uh, the little lasers and missiles oh, that you shoot. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, those are sub weapons. Okay. I like the one that's kind of like you have the options trailing you. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Yeah, and then you just line them up along the bottom, just cover the entire screen. Did you get the uh, secret unlockable ship yet? No, I haven't. I think it said thirty percent last time. It yeah. might be higher now. Ah, uh, I see. What actually raises that percentage? A uh, number of stars collected. Ah, okay. Gotcha. You got to collect a million stars, I think. <laughs> Great. It's not that freaking hard to do. I know. Double break. That's all you gotta do. Oh, okay. There's the... What's it called? Like, unlo- <laughs> The second... There's, like, two modes on novice. There's, like, normal and, like... Boost. Unlimited or... Boost mode. That's it. Hmm. Where instead of break mode having a timer, it just keeps going until you die. Yeah, it just keeps counting up and counting up, and once you hit boost mode, it starts a timer that keeps track of how long you've been in boost mode. Yeah. And and as you are in boost mode, the game keeps rolling up in rank and getting harder. Yeah, I really like that mode. That's a really, really smart... You know, it, it's not surprising that it's a smart shmup, given that it was you know created by a super player, um, a Japanese oh. dude. Uh, like That's like one of, I guess, best shmup players in the world, uh, is the dude mm. that created it. But then he also made it manageable, which is cool. Yeah, and I think that that takes a lot of like understanding the genre, mm-hmm. um, for sure, know, to really be able to make something that is not that not only caters to the type of people that are insane, yeah. that, that have a level of that have a level of play that I I don't think I'll ever aspire to. But you can also make it manageable, and, and, and you know, like with enough practice, anyone could definitely down this game. It's like the difficulties in Toho. Oh, this one's for normal people. This one's for weirdos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was really funny. <laughs> what the hell? Oh my god. So that's that's what I've been playing, I guess. 
Oh, and some Neptunia game came yeah. out. I think that came out, what, a couple days ago or something, yeah. We'll probably have a hell of a lot more to say about that um, next episode. It just came out. None of us have really had a chance to dive all that much into it, I don't mm-hmm. think. I'm on Chapter 2. Okay. I, I know somebody that, like, what, at the end of the first day it was out was already on Chapter 7. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, what the fuck? What? And then I looked at his achievements, because I know he cheated his way through the first one. Because, oh really? Like, oh yeah. The first game, like day one, he had like, uh, like with like an hour or so into the game, and like had level ninety nine characters. It's like, okay, yeah, you cheated. Well, um, at- oh, actually, yeah. If you're gonna play Neptunia Rebirth two, turn off the DLC because they give you like a four thousand damage sword that can be used at level one. That's oh, stupid. God. Yeah, it's really stupid. Oh lord, you've had a pretty good little grip of games there, right? gotta say. Yeah, damn. Yeah. damn. Hey y'all. Guess what I'm still doing. Hey, John, guess what? You need to stop doing that and start talking. <laughs> all right, all right. I died Trans multiple times. I, I got I got pretty good, pretty big at one point. <clears throat> all right. So speaking of hype and things that nobody will stop talking about. Uh-huh. Are we still I played that? Defenders of Oasis for the sake of Game Gear. Motherfucker. What? <laughs> Um, so basically, I've got the little, we've got the little club at SMPS on the forum where we play older um, JRPGs, mostly kind of action RPG games that don't really receive their full due. Um, we got started off playing Hydlide. Obviously, that game is underappreciated. Uh, we, we moved on and played the Final Fantasy Legend, which is, oh my god, that game's really good. Um, that game's really cool. Um got a false start with Final Fantasy Adventure, but that game is too... Hmm. Nobody really paid much attention to that one, because most of us had played it, and it was kind of too good for the club. <laughs> um, is that... It was a game Seiken? you could actually have fun with. That's actually yeah. the first Seiken Densetsu. Okay. Yeah. And then we play. Yeah, exactly. That game's hella rad. Um, in a very... It's, it's really fun in a very unchallenging <laughs> sort of way. Um, it's not very hard to enjoy it. Um, and, <laughs> and then we, and then, um, Jetstorm put up Lagoon, which was the next one, which I actually missed out on because I was sucked into Dark Souls at the time. Lagoon, AKA very sucky East. Mm-hmm. So then I loaded up Defenders of Oasis, which is a Sega, Sega Game Gear game. And I played it because one of my favorite critics, Eric John Russell Tarn, Tarn- um, <laughs> he'll appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> he said that his four favorite RPGs were the original Dragon Quest, Fantasy Star Two, Defenders of Oasis, Skies of Arcadia. So obviously, this guy's speaking my language. Am I right? Um, so I really love the first Dragon Quest. Fantasy Star Two looks rad. And he talked a little more about Defenders of Oasis, and then I was like, yeah, this, this game looks rad. It is vintage Sega um, doing an 8-bit JRPG. That sounds amazing. Um, and then I played it, and it was completely amazing. And I beat, beat the whole thing in a couple weeks, and it was rad as hell. Um, basically, it's, it has nothing to do with Beyond Oasis, it's, and it's not an action RPG. It's just a regular old RPG. Um, but it has the same kind of... Um, that same theming um, with like the kind of like the Aladdin um, at that that aesthetic with the G, there's a genie who joins her party, um, and it's just a whole bunch of neat flavor. 
But really, it's just like, there's not a whole lot I can say about Defenders of Oasis that's going to make it sound like a game you need to run out and go play. Um, because, like, with a lot of RPGs, like like the Mother games, I can say, oh, these stories are really beautiful and they're really funny. Look, you fight a hippie. Yeah. Um, if he's a normal yeah. enemy. Yeah, there's, this, like, this game sounds really milk toast in comparison. Yeah, there's, you can, there are tangible things you can reach out with for a lot of games and point and say, this is, look, you should play this. It's fun. Like with Chrono Trigger, look, there's time travel. That's awesome. And look how pretty it is. Mm-hmm. Um, with Defenders of Oasis, there's nothing tangible like that. All it does is take all of its little component parts, all the little pieces of this genre, and just execute them really, really, really well. That's that's. I think that's sort of the same thing I see with the the Ratchet and Clank series. It's like it yeah. does the thing that it does very, very well. Mm-hmm. Because like it nails these fundamentals of the JRPG genre that a lot of games really botch. Because mm-hmm. um, I just played Saga Three, and that game's fucking bad. Um, it's the one that's not oh, a real Saga it's game. It's bad by it's John what? standards. It's what John. Yeah. It's bad. It's not a real saga game, though, so it doesn't count uh, as me ragging on a bad game. Um, So Saga 3, it's just really boring. Stuff happens for no reason. You just have a whole bunch of dungeons and bosses that have no actual context in the story. And you just do shit. None of your characters have any actual motivation. Stuff just happens, and then you keep doing stuff, and then it ends. That sounds like this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But with Defenders of Oasis, you have four main characters. Each of them have one special ability, um, each that is u- all of which are useful in combat. Um, you only get the four characters. There's no revolving roster. Each of them has an actual motivation, and they fit into the story and are introduced one by one. Um, there's just four towns. There's no world map. There's only a handful of dungeons, and you revisit a few of them. Um, the bosses have actual reasons for being there. Um, some of them are actual villains with like who recur and you fight them more than once. Um, it just nails all these fundamentals, and as a result, it's actually like an engaging story because you always know why you're doing what you're doing, and stuff progresses logically from one thing to the next. And after about twelve hours, it's over, and it's very satisfying. That sounds pretty reasonable. I know it's it's still um an old Sega game, so an old Sega RPG and the dungeon crawls are pretty long and taxing. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a pretty high random encounter rate. So, you know, the, you, you make, um, these, those kind of, you deal with that kind of stuff playing those old games, there are but sessions you have to make. Uh, yeah, if exactly. You're going to, if you're going to, you know, engage with these kinds of games, you've got to go mm-hmm. in knowing that. But it also has a bunch of very modern concessions that you wouldn't, I wouldn't even think would be in there. Like, you auto-stave every step you take. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's no in-game save function. You turn it off, and then you start back where you were. That's, well, that's, that's pretty vital, you know, for a portable game. Yeah, but does Pokemon do that? Hell no! Did Pokemon do that in 1998? Did Pokemon Hell do that no. in 2014? <laughs> Hell no. No. Pokemon, Pokemon wasn't on a system that had, like, two hours of battery life. That too. Yeah. True. Pokemon also, and you know what else... Um, the movement isn't on a grid, and if you hit a corner like imprecisely, um, you can actually it'll actually make you move around the corner automatically. It is smooth like that. Wow, that's actually really huh. pretty smart. I know. Um, Pokemon still is on a grid invisibly, yeah. like today. Even today, yeah. <laughs> oh, and I God. fucking love Pokemon, and I'll t- we can talk about that forever. But um, Defenders of Oasis had these sharp 
modern ideas that still aren't being used in some games today. Yeah. It's really neat. Um, and the dungeon, the last dungeon is really fucking long. Of you course. get, um, you, you, a, de- a big t- evil tower rises out of the desert and at the top of, and you fight, um, a recurring villain. You fought for the whole game at the bottom and then he dies and it's really satisfying. And then you get to the top and you can open up a shortcut from the bottom. So then you can just jump straight to the top. So it's like, the, then, dark, it's like the dark souls of its time. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> there's no, there's no checkpoints. There's no save points or anything. But you still need to. Um, there is an ability that lets you. Um, the one character with MP can um, pull himself out of battle, putting you at a disadvantage, but allowing him to recharge MP. So if you're like smart about it, you can kind of build your MP, keep your MP stock pretty high, which is, and you have a nine of each. You can have nine of each of the healing atoms. So mm. if you're, so there are reasons to pull back and retreat out of the real last dungeon, which is. Um, at the, you enter from the top of this um, tower that you can skip to the top of. And there's like a big, cool boss gauntlet. All the bosses are really well-balanced. And again, there's only four characters and with four well-tuned abilities. It, it, it reminds me of Mother 3, honestly. Because <laughs> there's no world map and everything is just really purposeful and has its really elegant little place in the system. You can't take anything out without changing everything else. That's pretty uh, neat. Yeah, and it's likely because it's likely that a lot of you could kind of play this game and um, not really see it. And I might just be kind of in like this post playing the game high because it's an RPG and get kind of a high after finishing those. Yeah. Um, and also because I'm playing it after Saga Three, which gets all of these things really, really wrong. Mm. Um, or even like Final Fantasy V kind of botches these things. Absolutely. Like, what the fuck does Butts want? <laughs> He doesn't. You find out. You find out his history like thirty hours into Final Fantasy V. Yeah. And until then, he's just a nothing. He's just a blank slate. Um. You don't find out what Gallif. Gallif is an amnesiac until um. Five for ten hours. Five until five minutes before he dies. Yeah. <laughs> then he gets replaced by another character who you also don't really know what she wants. Yeah. Every character's hiding what they want. No, no, you don't actually have any reason for doing anything. And this is a game that a lot of people really like. It has a lot of charm. And Defenders of Oasis has those things nailed down just perfectly. Um, so for all of its kind of old, it's for it, while it's really old and hard to approach in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things that when you view it in that context, there's a lot of things it does really, really well. So I'm really happy about it. Happy about having played it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So speaking of hype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, I did. oh, oh no, wait, hang on. I did too. Isn't that movie oh, good? Pretty good. I don't oh, want man. any. I don't want any spoilers. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, let me they, see. How they do... drive cars. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. damn it! There's no, a guy I'm named Max. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious about seeing it, and and the fact that a bunch of MRA piss babies <laughs> are getting upset about it makes me all the more interested. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That seems like yeah. a pretty common refrain at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. Uh, um, I remember seeing the first Mad Max like ages ago and thinking it was really boring. And my we my whole family watched it, and none of us like were able to latch on to any kind of thread in it. It yeah. felt. Um, I can't remember it really vividly now, but it was. We found it kind of unengaging. 
Um, mm. I saw Mad Max The Road Warrior in a student theater, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking it was a blast at the time. Yeah, I don't really remember it now. Good. Yeah, Anna, Anna was bored, bored to tears, so Aww. whatever her reaction. Um, I, I didn't see Beyond Thunderdome. I'm sure it's fine. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. No. Okay, oh, just, just skip. Uh, apparently, just skip Thunderdome. I haven't seen it, but from what I've heard, it's like the Hollywood Mad Max. Yeah. It's, like, Tina, Tina Turner's in it. Yeah. It's Aww. pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> All right, skip that one. Um, so then there's this one. <laughs> the so anti-Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so, like, oh, my God. This is just, it's like 80% action, 80% car chase. Um and I'm and realizing that, like, if you can go, yeah, if you go to a bunch of Hollywood, mo- a bunch of movies and just be like, oh, all this action, it's all grading and stuff. It's like, no, they just aren't doing the action well, because when you do it well, something like this movie and every, the, 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 car, the 80% two hour car chase actually like plays into all these different little character motivations. And it's really cool and exciting to watch. And this movie uses a lot of practical effects, doesn't it? Like, almost exclusively, I think. I think that's really awesome and what really kind yeah. of... just like It's so oh. different. I saw, it's so exciting like, to watch. I saw some pictures of, like, the digital effects, like, before and after. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. the cars are real. It's the canyon that's fake. It's like this weird kind of reversey. Mm. Mm. Like, they're kind of adding to the landscape to make yeah. it more kind of desolate. But, like, the cars and shit, that's all real. Oh, I saw a, I saw a post on Imager that was just like all of the um, production vehicles. Yeah, God. and it's real. And the and the, um, the flamethrower guitarist riding on top of a speeding car is real. <laughs> yes, yeah. his name is the Doof Warrior. The Doof Warrior. That <laughs> that is so goddamn awesome. Well, oh you know God. what you know what you and I have to do, Polly. <laughs> You should you y'all should see this movie. It's really good. I know. I want to see it with um. I want to see it with some friends, or at least mm-hmm. one friend. Yeah. Um, I don't have friends. Oh. I, I um. Anna finally. I took Anna knew early on this wasn't really her thing. She saw the first one. It was bored to tears. Um, violence really gets to her in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Although I really do like how this movie handles violence because a lot of the actual gruesome stuff is like off screen. Because, like, the final killing blow of one of the major characters is super brutal, but it's also, like, off the frame. That's really And, cool. yeah, they keep a lot of the actual, like, gore. Um, there, there's a re- restraint there. Like they there. Tarantino it? Um, I, I don't... No. Isn't Tarantino I, that, really gory? I think that the opposite of that. Well, yeah. I, he, I, it depends. It depends on what era. I mean, Tarantino's classier than some people, but, like... There's a there's a restraint there, and yeah, it allows yeah. you to kind of get sucked into the joy of it a lot more. Um, and on one thing I remember in Road Warrior is what the really the only thing I remember is this one like completely gratuitous rape scene. Yeah. And, mm. and um, oh. yeah, where and it's and it's like in Skyfall where the main character is just watching as some, this awful oh, thing is happening, yeah. and then he goes and kills the bad guy after the person's been murdered. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's yeah. really an unfortunate thing. Yeah, yeah. So, Fury Road, 
doesn't have anything like that. Like it's like for the in the plot in the, in the plot of the movie, that's really impressive considering what it revolves around. Um, and they don't they don't do that. They don't have that moment of excess. It's really nice. I love the uh, interviewer that uh, asked uh, what's his name Uh-oh. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is like. Tom- so it must have been horrible while being on set with all these girls, huh? Yeah. Ew, yuck. And he just like what looked the at the guy and cr- looked at the guy and shook his head and was just like no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really nice. And what a yeah. stupid question though, seriously. I know, like and the guy looks like a gigantic idiot as well, so it's not surprising. I know what it's like to be surrounded by estrogen. Yeah, like wow. Yeah, dude, you certainly do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that movie is just this high octane, really, really well done action that's just really imaginative and a well told story. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of argument for like what what about the nuances of the politics and all that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't want subtleties um, in my Mad Max. <laughs> um, it's about but, ethics in Mad like Max. <laughs> yeah, like it's like it's almost it's all about white people. Ethics in in, in and yes. you can. You can certainly argue about that. Um, I think there's a lot of really good stuff that it does accomplish. Um, ethics and post-apocalyptic representation. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot to argue about that because I because obviously when that mo- when everyone was talking about that movie during the zeitgeist, it was all like, "Ooh, is it how feminist is it though?" Yeah, it's and like it's- I tend to like not care about that stuff until one I've seen it, two mm-hmm. a few months after I've let it digest. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not going to see that movie until it's out on Blu-ray anyway, so... Gotcha. It's going to be a while it's, for me. It's cool. unfortunate that having well-written female characters automatically makes your work feminist. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think um, th- this was a feminist movie, though, based on stuff in the second half. Um, oh, and no, ending, I, and, you know, yeah. I, that's probably true, and that, again, that excites me all the more. I'm just... I'm making mm-hmm. a, a broader point. Yeah, yeah. When he's when those reports about the, oh the Emirates are so mad about this, like it seemed like a bunch of kind of over exaggeration. But yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, especially coming off of that big conversation about Avengers two and how they handle the Black Widow character, mm-hmm. it was really nice to see this movie, which I think handles um, at least gender wise, if not like rape, uh, race, sorry, <laughs> um, uh, everything really well. Cool. Um, but that's just from my very limited perspective, and obviously there's a lot of nuance that could be argued there, and I wouldn't try to tell anyone that they're wrong about their own impression of the movie, including um, Anna, who didn't want to see it, and then I saw it and enjoyed it, and I didn't try to push it on her because I still knew it wasn't her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she went to then she read a thing later on and was like, actually, yes, I think I want to go see this. And um, we walked in. And then about 15 minutes later, we had to walk out because she was really, really motion sick. Oh. Yeah. And, like, violent sick and um, psychosis. The character is descending into psychosis sick. Yeah. (laughs) So, not her... It's a a pretty harsh movie in a way that will feel like a breath of fresh air to a lot of people and might be just too too dense for some, I think. Um, but yeah, I think that I walked out of that movie feeling like I was walking on clouds and I literally did a little, Anna was out front of the movie theater and I did a little pirouette as I walked over to her just like, 
<laughs> just kind of big smile on my face because really great movies like that make Who knew feel... the post-apocalypse could be so uplifting? Yeah, it, re- it really is. <laughs> it actually really is. <laughs> I'm really excited and I cannot oh. wait. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I thought this movie was going to be terrible based on the original trailer. Everybody did. Like, if you look at those trailers, they were god-awful. Like, they were visually impressive, but just, like, it looked like the dumbest, schlockiest shit. Yeah. And then the movie ended up being really good, and I'm still kind of amazed by that. Oh, Mm. I don't know. I've been interested, like, since I saw the first trailers. I was like, yeah, yeah. They look fine fine to me, too, but... (laughs) I don't know. I, I only, I, I think I only saw the trailer once, and it... there's two different trailers. One of them okay. doesn't show the story at all. Mm-hmm. It's just one like of them make... was just like a mess of like yelling words and yeah images, and that's the one I saw. Yeah, mm. that's yeah, that's probably the bad one. Oh, oh okay. Oh. In okay. a way, <laughs> this kind of reminded me of Saints Row, where mm. it's yeah. stupid in a really smart way. Yeah. yeah. Where it's not like, oh, it's so random and crazy. Like, we have a guy with a guitar flamethrower. Like, once you yeah. see the movie, it kind of actually makes sense where, like, he's, like, the, the the drummers for their army. Like, he's getting them pumped mm-hmm. for yeah. war. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of made this observation, like, just solely based off of the trailers that uh, Mad Max Fury Road seems like a better Borderlands movie oh, than absolutely. Borderlands the movie could ever be. Yeah. One thing I've been thinking about is how, like... You know how Aliens has been kind of mined to death for video games? Oh, like, yeah. Ugh, yeah. Mad Max is definitely a franchise where last gen we saw a ton of stuff inspired by it, like Rage and Borderlands and Fallout. Like, they definitely... Lost oh, John, by the way. Yeah. I can keep talking through that. But yeah, we saw a lot of games... <laughs> we saw a lot of games kind of owing things to Mad Max, and now they're making a Mad Max video game, and it looks really bad. Mm. And it isn't based on the movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Like, I'm not hearing uh, like good first impressions of it either. People just seem to yeah. think it's like it's like Assassin's Creed, but with, with a that. car. Yeah, I mean, like that, that kind of holds true for any of the Alien games as well. Yeah, with the exception of Alien vs. Predator, I suppose. Which, but that's not really one? an Alien game. Yeah, which one? <laughs> um, I don't know. I I don't really. I don't honestly. I remember just playing. <laughs> Multiplayer Alien vs. Predator and having a lot of fun with it. Because I think there's literally four games called Alien vs. Predator. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, no, I, yeah. Multiplayer, multiplayer computer one. Yeah. Cool. I think I remember at least one of them everyone really, really liked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a DOS one, I believe. Mm-hmm. Didn't it oh. get up, show up on the Jaguar? Oh, God, no. That's a totally different game. But oh, that, okay. that's basically like what I hear is like one of the Jaguar's only good games. Mm-hmm. That's a low, low. It's a low ass low standard. I know. Car. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like that and Tempest Two Thousand. We're like, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, what about Tempest remotely playable games on yeah. that system? Everything else being zero. Jeff Minter, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah, he's got his llamas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, the fucking Atari shit with TXK. Around. Yeah, that's really hey, important. you're making games based on this old thing. It's like, oh. It's like, where have you guys yes, been? Where have he's you been, been? He's been doing this his whole career. And doing then, it really well. Better than y'all. I fucking love Space Giraffe. Fuck you. I, I, God, I want to play Space Giraffe it so is, bad. It is so much overload 
but you mm-hmm. will love it. Mm-hmm. You will love it for that reason. Absolutely. Uh, and I remember reading um, like two reviews. I read your review um, where you talked about really liking it, but also disliking the ways that it changed its rules um, from level to level. Yeah. And then I read another review where people were talking about um, the changing the rules from level to level being part of the point. That's a, <laughs> that's then, a good point. It made so much sense to me, and it felt like not only does this look like it's gorgeous, not only does this look like it's um, completely you know, overwhelming, like an overwhelming experience, but it also looks like it may pay, play into some of the ideas I've had about and talk, we've talked about about like unfairness and rules and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like it looks like a John game. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways, you should definitely play Space Giraffe at some point for sure. Cool. Do we leave off anywhere with Mad Max? Is there anything else to add there aside from it's just being gorgeous and cool and very much worth checking out? I think we're good. I think cool. we're good. Yeah. I really I want guess. to see it again already. I do too. Sox I really I feel pretty 20. bad that I I, I I saw the first 15 minutes of it and it made me so happy that I couldn't feel bad about anything including not being able to see the rest of the movie because I felt so good. It was sort of a weird it was a weird thing. But now I feel bad that I didn't get to see the rest of it. John, you are my favorite person. I swear to God. But those last 30 minutes. Oh, man. Oh. oh. <laughs> the last I got out of it. Is, yeah, like, it's literally unbelievable. Else. It's something else. I can't um, wait. I can't wait. I just, I don't like theaters. Mm-hmm. I just I came re- to that. I came yeah. to that realization that I, I just don't like theaters. I can't stand them. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm I've I've got an, a more than adequate entertainment setup right here, and I can have mm-hmm. my own awesome food. Mm-hmm. I really like the movie going communal experience. I get uh, that. I boy, get that. I always have, but I just hate people. I always try to go. I yes. always try to drag people with me. Like Anna and I spent so long trying to see Frozen with us because saw it and we thought it was the best thing ever and this was before it became a thing to yeah. say the best ever and then we could no one wanted to go see it with him until we finally ah oh, shit Google's, like eight year old Thanksgiving <laughs> did you say eight year old boner <laughs> no daughter <laughs> oh god John <laughs> reconnect John you're dropping out you're dropping out bad yeah <sighs> Bummer. I dropped out like for a minute in the Mad Max combo earlier, but I just was silent. We kept rolling. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Until thank I you for that. I just tried to stop it. I know, oh, sorry. I appreciate it. Oh, damn. Sox right, cast am I still rolls dropping on. out. No, am I you still dropping right. out now. You sound all right. All right. Yeah. Sox cast okay. rolls on. What's next on the right. agenda? Edit point. Um, after I saw Mad Max, I was in such a feeling like I really, really wanted to watch a really good action movie after that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, like, I mean, I've seen the Die Hard, and I've seen Aliens, and I've seen Terminator and all those jazz, and I was kind of at a loss. Um, so I wanted to watch Super Cop. Mm. Because, <laughs> because I've never seen a Jackie Chan movie. Right. And I, I know it's ever? very... Ever? I, well, I've never seen a, a proper Hong Kong Jackie Chan movie. I've seen what? all the... I seen all the post stuff, and I couldn't get Anna to want to watch it with me. So we downloaded Rush Hour, um, and we watched Rush Hour, and it was a fine time. Yeah, um, it's pretty good, and it was fun to watch. And don't then watch, I said, "Don't watch any of the other movies that came after that, though, because the, the Rush Hour two sucks balls." Yeah, we started um, Shanghai Noon, 
mm. after that, and with I Owen did. Wilson and like whatever. <laughs> um, you know, uh, except it had place. except the version we had had German subtitles. So we <laughs> well, tried that's to, fun. So we kept trying to. So for all of like the stuff in China and the stuff with the Native American stereotypes, we just kind of made up dialogue as we went along. Okay. <laughs> and then we just uh, stopped because we realized it wasn't working. Yeah, um, I would recommend. I would recommend you watching Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah, definitely cool. Rumble in the Bronx, and then and then Legend of the Drunken Master. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that's one I wanted to watch. Um, so because we rush, we watched, we enjoyed Rush Hours. I was able to get Anna to watch Shang, uh, Super Cop with me, mm-hmm. and um, that movie's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. I really liked Super Cop. Um, mm-hmm. The end of that movie, it's. She, um, the really cool thing is Michelle Yao works yes. is the co-star and she kicks ass. She's like just takes uh, just as much of the show as Jackie. Yeah, she oh, yeah. rides a motorcycle on top of a train, and it's pretty, was, and it's real. She was one of my favorite parts of Tomorrow Never Dies. Cool, cool. That that's a James Bond movie. Yeah. Oh is yeah. I, <laughs> yes. I okay. Remember, I remember reading a big, the big long film crit Hulk thing on James Bond and being like, "All right, I'm gonna get into James Bond now." And um, oh. I did watch the first two movies with Dad and had a great time watching them and parsing out the shitty stuff and trying to ignore it. Like in, like for much with love is great. It's like a Hitchcock movie kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then there's one part where two Roma women fight to the death for the right to have sex with James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, they both mm-hmm. win. Um, <laughs> We could go this that's a whole other podcast. So there's a whole conversation. big conversation there. Yeah. And I didn't really care about Goldfinger. Um and then I just it just petered out. But mm-hmm. so Jack, so then Supercop is just this really nice, fun, joyous thing. And yeah. it was a it was a great way to kind of watch a great action movie after Mad Max Fury Road and not knowing where to go from there. Yeah, Rumble in the Bronx isn't as high octane as Supercop, but it's definitely in the, in the same spirit. Cool. Yeah, I'll keep um, that in mind. What else? Oh God, um, Mister, is it Mister Nice Guy? You think? Um... I don't know. I I gotta get back. I um, I yeah, Jackie Chan in this group is good. Yep. Yep. Um, so when I when I um. So aside, back in video games, um, after around chapter four or five in Defenders of Oasis, I got I needed to take a break because there's a whole bunch of dungeons in that game, mm-hmm. and um, so I and Anna was playing Pokemon, so I booted back up Alpha Sapphire, which I'd left um, around the third dungeon, and I'd never finished those games. I kind of or played much of them at all. Mm-hmm. The the third Pokemon games. This is a remake of that. Yeah, because I mm-hmm. kind of figured that they were like the beginning of the downfall. Da 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 da. Um, because Pokemon, because if like if Pokemon was ever going to end, it would have been after Gold, where you fight the avatar of the previous game, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to the credits right after that, um, and it's <laughs> and then Pokemon Ruby is um, where they introduce the idea of a team wanting to use a legendary Pokemon to destroy the world, yeah, and the stakes got really cartoonish. Yeah. And then in the fourth game, they were trying to destroy the universe, and it's just a JRPG. Um, so <laughs> so I, I, I always wrote these games off. I wrote basically all of them off. 
Um, I watched Anna play a bunch more Pokemon Y, and I started to appreciate that game a lot more mm. um, because it's very pretty. Um, and she had a big, long theory about how Lysander, the villain of Pokemon Y, is a representation of Nintendo and the whole video game industry. And his relentless suit, pursuit of, of perfection eventually leading to a world where Pokemon can't enjoy, can't even exist at all. In a game that itself is about pushing the aesthetic boundaries of Pokemons into new be- Pokemon at new beautiful heights. Mm-hmm. Eh? Eh? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not, it's, not a, it's, not, it's not that great. But anyway, um, so I played Alpha Sapphire. And that game's pretty charming, I think. And I think it really comes into its own in the second half. Um, because the first half is a pretty standard Pokemon experience where you have a bunch of towns... It's not a straight line like the fifth game where you're – it's literally – Pokemon Black and White is literally just move from town to town to town to town to town to town to town. It's a straight line. Every town has a gym and then you finish the game. Um, and then there's post-game content where you go from town to town to town in a straight line beyond the Elite Four. Um, it's kind of dumb. You know what? Those games are really good. Wait, What? But continue. Okay. But then in Alpha Sapphire, there's very few towns in the second half. The routes are really long and spacious. And then you get to the end and there's just a big wide ocean with full of people and stuff and you can dive underwater and there's a bunch of caves and stuff. And it's like it's not like super open world or anything, but no. for a Pokemon game, it's very spacious. Right. And it impresses a lot of this space on you and its natural splendor onto you in a really neat way. Mm. And the villain of that game is a per- is just somebody who really, really appreciates this natural splendor and wants to make the hates the way that humans are making the world worse for Pokemon and wants to make everything better again by use by basically wiping out humans. Mm. And it make and it makes sense because you see this natural beauty and it all kind of fits together in a really cute Saturday morning cartoon sort of way. Assuming you're playing Alpha Sapphire, because if you're playing the version that Anna had, the villain has a completely different motivation and is trying to do the exact same thing. It's trying to do something completely different, but all of the non-specific things are the same, and it doesn't make any sense. I, I said this on Twitter a while ago, was that somebody said... Okay, somebody told um, Head of Pokemon, all right, so we got these two teams. We want each version to have a different team. Um, the first one wants to flood the Earth. What should the second one do? And he looked over and went, what if they want to flood the Earth with land? <laughs> and, that's wh- and that's what the guy wants to do. He wants to flood the Earth with land. And he still has an underwater cap- secret base. And you still have to okay. go underwater to find him. But it's just in that it doesn't make any sense. So if you're playing Alpha Sapphire, it's this cute little cool story, which is the version I have. And if you play Omega Ruby, it's just this bullshit. <laughs> and if you play Alpha Sapphire, the villain is a pirate, and he's awesome. And if you play Omega Ruby, he's a nerd. Oh. This is a scientist nerd who wants to flood the Earth with land. <laughs> <laughs> to 
make the world better for humans by killing everything. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Flood the earth with land. <laughs> so, Poke. So, so this, the Hoenn games are kind of crippled by their um, by their version differences. I think. Right. And I think it's weird. It's very weird because it's the only Pokemon game where one version is distinctly better than the other because of how the stories play out. Yeah. Because, like, the difference in black and white is that the legendary catch at the end is white in one of them and black in the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in red and blue, there's basically nothing at all except the Pokemon. You catch Pokemon in different areas. Yeah. yeah. Red so, is inherently better because you can get Scyther. <laughs> I think you can make arguments for both of them, but um, so I, and so, I really like Alpha Sapphire. I'm gonna probably finish it like tomorrow or tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about to fight Primal Kyogre and all that jazz. And the the post game stuff is rad as hell because you you catch Mega Rayquaza in the new the new um, remake exclusive post game content. Fly into space to blow up a meteor that's going to crash into the Earth. With your mega on top of your mega Rayquaza, and then you blow up the meteor, and it's Deoxys, which was the super um, event only hidden Pokemon like Mew, but evil looking. <laughs> uh, and then you fight Deoxys in space with your mega Rayquaza. It's just like the kind of like super fan focused kind of bullshit, but um, awesome bullshit that Pokemon never doesn't really indulge in at all. Um, like Pokemon Y is the first one that's like, hey, what if didn't what if people used Pokemon in like wars in the past and stuff? And then like engages with that a little bit, and that's fucking cool. And then this one is like, and then you go to Deoxys on your fight Deoxys on your Mega Rayquaza. It's, it's 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 the Pokemon that John would have made in fifth grade. Exactly, and that's kind of what the series needs at this point because it's not going to they're not going to turn it into like. High art at this point. They just, no. need, I think, they need to embrace that aspect of it. Um, that that ship sailed with gold after gold. I um, like how you that went ship sailed from, with ruby and sapphire. Yeah, I like how you went from the nature and splendor of beauty. That's why this game is cool. To and then you ride a thing into space and fight the other guy in space, and it's really cool. And I'm five years old. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's not just that you ride a space. thing into space. It's that. You encounter Rayquaza, which is already self-consciously designed to be, like, the most badass Pokemon ever. And then it turns into the Mega Rayquaza, which itself is the dumbest concept that sounds like something a five-year-old would think up. Is like, hey, hey, what if you could turn your Charizard into a Mega Charizard? And then they just did it. And it's amazing because you can turn into Mega Charizard. And it, tur- and it turns blue, and it gets, like, an extra wings, and it shoots blue fire. Actually, isn't that Mega Charizard Y? No, it's Mega Charizard X. Mega Charizard Y stays red, but gets more spiky. Okay, I knew there were two different ones. Yeah, which is really dumb, too, but it's amazing. Um, and there's, like, Mega Gardevoir, who gets, like, this awesome ball gown thing, because Gardevoir is the best. Um, so it is fan-pandering, then, at that point. Yes, but they don't... <laughs> They they should do that at this point because otherwise you're not going to have much flavor at all because Is, they don't they, yeah when's Mega Pikachu <laughs> they they need to keep up with the pandering they need to make it so that you can beat the game and then go into a previous generation's world again um, they just they need to 
do all that shit. They need to um, have more cool online stuff. Um, they need to bring back trainer customization. They need to bring back fucking mm. trainer customization and make they that need, as cool as possible. They need to read some Pokemon fan fiction and just take the <laughs> no, ideas. No, 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 not that. Not the fan fiction I'm thinking of. <laughs> well, that's why I don't read that kind of fan fiction. They right? need more weird, creepy pasta stuff. Like, do you know the ghost girl in oh. the last couple Pokemon who's showed up in like the last three Pokemon games? I've heard about this. Yeah, I walked up to a lady in a thing, and she just looked at me and she said, "No, you're not the one." Dot dot dot. Not yet. And then, or something like that. And she didn't say anything else. And then I, it was just the weirdest fucking thing. Isn't there, like, an NPC who disappears? Yes! Yep. Yes, there is! <laughs> yeah. I think it's the same NPC later on. So, <laughs> need more weird-ass creepypasta stuff. Um, need more mega versions of Pokemon that are already ridiculous. Need more petting and taking care of really cute Pokemon. Just go all in there. <laughs> mega Togepi. Um, <laughs> But no, but seriously, you can pet and take care of the, and like pet the Pokemon and give them treats now. Flesh that shit out because Pokemon is great for two reasons: when it's badass and when it's cute. And you have to focus, give plenty of attention to the cute part because otherwise you're just Digimon, and Digimon's <laughs> not as not as cool in a lot of ways. It's that off-brand Pokemon you buy at Kroger. Digimon's great. Digimon's great for other reasons, but um, the we'll, the we'll mo- handle that another episode. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> But yeah, Pokemon, these are what it needs. And it needs to fucking streamline the, how you handle HMs. It needs to, yes, it actually, needs to make yes. you be able to play, place berry a berry and have it grow instantly instead of going, do you want to place a berry? Oh, the Sario looks soft here. Do you want to place a berry? Choose a berry. The berry has been planted. Do you want to water the berry? Yes. You watered the berry. Good job. <laughs> it just... Fuck that shit. This water, the waves roll in and out. Do you want to surf here? Yes. Here's an animation. Oh, let's wait for the music to start. Um, Yeah, the the HM stuff really drove me nuts when I played one of the DS ones. Great. Um, You just have to keep, like, two Pokemon around with just junk moves just so you can do shit in the world. Mm. (sighs) So, Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby and Pokemon X and Y... Um, represent Pokemon in all of its best and worst excesses and in the ways that it fails to grow and the ways that it can grow and should continue to grow. And I'm interested in seeing where the series goes from here because it's obviously a part of my life at this point. Obviously, um, yeah. Anna's, going, Anna's going to play... Anna's played every one of them except Gen 4 and uh, Black and White 2. Um, she's played Omega Ruby and X and Y twice each. Um, she got to Heart Gold. She played Heart Gold again, but then got to the Elite Four and quit. <laughs> hmm. um, does she like? Does she trade Pokemon with herself? She like, trades Pokemon with herself. Okay, it's fantastic. <laughs> wow. I think that would be cool to just play through all the games a bunch of times and just trade them all into like the newest version. She started and have, like this fucking huge crew. She started <laughs> Omega Ruby again and then booted up X and Y. Uh, no, she started X and Y, and then booted up Omega Ruby and new gamed it three times, so and got to the starters, and then got to the part where she could trade, <laughs> um, so that she could have all of the one starters in X and Y. Wow. It was fantastic. Hmm. Um, so she, um, 
more right into place, more cute stuff, and then fix this fucking bullshit <laughs> that's been with the series for a long time now. Um, they're, they're doing it. They just can do it. They can just stand to do it a little bit faster. A little bit faster, and then Pokemon <laughs> is going to continue being something I'm interested in a lot. That 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 grew a lot more emotional than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> okay, then. All right. Yeah, all right, I'm done. All right. So, uh, we ain't got no news to talk about, and Rhett, how's early oh, no, no, access? No, 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 we, no, no, we have news. No, we, we news. don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's three hours, I'm tired. Rhett, oh, where's, I'm the, where's the emails? Early access is still bad. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's dumb. I hate yeah. double fun. Can I I mean, can I just say something? <laughs> no! Real quick? no, 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 no. Trust me, it's real quick. I'm just messing. Say it. I'm loading the it's, email. So. Um, I just it's it's interesting because it's almost like we've gone back to the the demos era of video games and shareware, except it, it's it's now all paid because that's kind of where the direction of things are going. But it's interesting because for the longest time, demos were actually detrimental to video games because there was so much literature about games. Then a lot of people would be like, get their fix from this small part of the game. Mm -hmm. But now with early access and being integrated into the development of the game, it's actually kind of brought back the, uh, um, the uh it's brought back the whole idea of demos i like the idea of early access that's we just don't like double fine but i don't like paying full price for a game that's not done as for the yeah that's a big problem the implementation Mm -hmm. of early access is just fucking garbage i i agree with that i think the, the structure is poor but the idea is very exciting for me it's exciting when it happens to stuff like Minecraft. And like that's really what this entire system is trying to find the next Minecraft. It's exciting yeah. when people like Vlambeer can do it properly. It's exciting <laughs> when people like Clay can do it properly. But yeah. I mean it's just when when, when game when companies that already have lots of money and have a proven track record start trying to pony up on this on this mega train well, Activision uh, did with Wasteland 2. Yeah. Oh, Wait, really? That yeah. was... That In was addition really to being a Kickstarter game? I think it was Kickstarted, and it was Early Access as well. Huh. Damn. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Steam desperately needs some fucking quality control these days. Yep. <laughs> All it's, you gotta it, do is watch Jim Sterling's yeah, uh, exactly. channel mm-hmm. once or twice a day, and you'll see why. Which is unfortunate because I was all like, "No, open the floodgates." Yeah, exactly. And, I was all like, "Yeah, open up the floodgates." I want stuff like Depression Quest on Steam and like kind of mm-hmm. not game games. Like mm-hmm. I was all for like the artsy indie stuff being on there, but now it's just like exploitive bullshit where people it's just buy zombie zombie yeah. survival early access yeah. sim. They yeah. literally are buying. Unity tool assets and created engines, and just selling it, and just selling that without changing anything. Yeah, they don't change anything. It's uh. yeah, it, it's like uh, it's like monetizing fan fiction. <laughs> Pokemon and Sonic have been doing that for years. 
Uh, ooh, All right, Rhett, do we have any right. emails? Yes, we do. All right. Uh, oh. What? We just lost John again. Can I just say, while he's not here, that it, I find it absolutely ridiculous and cute just imagining that uh, that voice is coming from actual Ness. Everything that he says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of fits. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay, this first email comes in from Jonathan. Do you know what is missing in your website? Hello, my name is Jonathan. I'm a marketing manager and manage a large network. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you tried. I got this spam email and I'm like, I'm just going to fucking read it. But That's yeah. really funny. I believe that your links inserted in new articles on my sites will barely improve your results in search engines and expect the same from my sites. Of course, if for any reason you prefer exchanging links or banners, we're very much open to this option too. Please let me know what you think about this offer, of course, which is 100% free. Looking forward to hearing from you. All the best, Jonathan. All right. Well, well Jonathan, like Jonathan. fucking offer. Why did you not jump all over that? <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, uh, Jonathan, uh, go fuck yourself. That's, that'll, be, that'll be all we say about that. How's that? Cool. I didn't know we were allowed to send in emails to our own podcast. <laughs> I admitted the last name. It wasn't Thayer. Oh, uh, okay. My name isn't Jonathan. John Byer. Says- says John on my birth certificate. Just going to say fucking Jonathan. Yes. Oh. John, John, Jonathan originates from Nathan, Nathan. Or Nathan originates whatever. One of the two. John, uh, John is... Well, John, John is does a not. name. Yes. Is it not? I do not originate from Nathan. I have nothing to do with Nathan. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck all Nathans. <laughs> Nathan. If you're a Nathan, the fuck off my podcast. I don't want to hear I it. Knew, you don't I need to hear Nathan this. I Nathan in high school. He skipped like three grades. Wait, isn't is isn't Nate short that? for Nathan? Yes. Okay, I'm okay with Nates. I know <laughs> oh, a number of like Nates. Drake. Fuck what? Drake. Well, whatever. Nathan Fuck Drake. Drake. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're cool with Nate Kitchens. He's cool. Dude. Yeah. Nate oh, Kitchens. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Next email. We do, we do have one real email from Raquel. Okay. Ooh. Of course. Hello, lovely hosts. My curious inquiry is this: What is your least favorite Binding of Isaac enemy slash boss? Why and what is your favorite enemy boss and why? Also, please stream on twitch.tv slash airstorystick. <laughs> I have an answer for this question. Go for it. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I um, think this one's... Least favorite? Um, the walking turrets. Oh, fuck, yeah. They're, they're, they're like normal turrets, except they walk, and they won't poke their head up until you get close to them. Yeah, and it's they are so annoying, and they always put them in the worst configurations imaginable, where there are already turrets that are stationary on the sides, and you've got to like navigate through the turrets that are already firing and not knowing when this guy's gonna pop up and shoot, you know, another three a three way aim shot at you. So yeah, the fucking walking turrets, oh god, yeah, those are terrible. I mean, they're a great idea. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great idea, and I'm glad they're there. I just I hate them. They're a little hesitant to pop up, and that gets annoying. Yeah. Because when they're super close to you, they won't do it either. Yeah. So you have to be, like, a couple steps away. Uh, I can't top that, so I'll just say, like, those tall red spiders that kind of zigzag. Yeah, those are – a lot of people – like, when that game first came out, you know what people were bitching about the most? 
the bonies. The dudes that just throw bones at you? I mean, and... I get that they're hard, but, like, they're so predictable and manageable. Oh my god, like, every, like, like I make the big mistake of subjecting myself to the Binding of Isaac Reddit. Oh god. Uh, and, and, like, for Oof. three months straight, it was literally, I hate bonies, the lost is fucked. <laughs> See, I didn't have a problem with them as the lost, it was, like, fucking random spiders always killing me. Oh god, yeah. Oh fuck! If you have if you haven't heard us say it already, fuck spiders, fuck spiders. and the binding. <laughs> oh, Isaac. okay. Uh, favorite, I would go for uh, what's that diagonal spider? Uh, like the boss. Uh, triactin. No, like Larry Junior is like the one that goes linear. Oh, the hollow. The hollow is so fun to kill. Yeah, because it's just any boss that has multiple segments and you can just shred through. Is, yeah. It feels so good every time. Just like a brimstone right up his booty hole. Yeah, you'll just kill him in one hit. It feels so good. Yeah, yeah. Practically should be a regular enemy. He's yeah, so... it really should. Like, have you ever seen ones, uh, Larry Jr.'s uh, spawn, that are like the the length of a uh, a two-by-one room? <laughs> yeah. It's like the whole fucking top row, and he's just like trying to move around, and it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, those can go really easily if you have piercing. Yeah, yeah. If you end up breaking off all of the segments, they can get to be a, mu- a bit much, but if you've got piercing shots, it's just kind of yeah. hilarious, and it feels really good to just blow out an entire boss with, like, one shot. It's funny, I just realized one of the things that killed me in the boss rush, the fourth one, because I'd remember three of them, the fourth one was the hollow, got oh, a champion God. version that spit. Oh, that bastard, yeah, he's got a two-way so spit. Yeah, so that fucker killed me. I'm like, are you serious? That can happen? Like, I never knew that could happen, and it killed me. It's lost. I was so mad. It makes me proud to say that, like, none of us have said, um, 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 the haunt. Oh, actually, you know, fuck that guy's the lost, though. Seriously. I think, I think the haunt is a little overkill for a first floor boss. Yeah. But, but I mean. You know so the thing is, it's not even the haunt. It's, it's his two, mini haunts. It's his two mini haunts that come out at the same time at the start. It's yeah. the hardest part of that fight. Yeah. Unless you get a bomb off well. Yeah. You, you can place the bomb and then, like, position yourself behind the bomb diagonally or so. They'll just keep kind of bashing into it and get blown up. Yeah. He is the reason to re-roll sellers, though. Yeah. Because Dingle, whatever, everybody else, whatever, but that thing is like, fuck, oh I'm going to die. I, Dingle was another boss everybody thought was too hard. Yeah, Dingle's easy. Dingle's easy. Like, Gurglings are harder than Dingle. And yeah. that's only if you get Gurglings on the first floor. And that's the only way they'll ever be hard. Yeah, because of the creep. Yeah. Ah, any more do, email? Do you have a favorite boss? A favorite boss? Or enemy, just whatever. Hmm. Hmm. Let me <laughs> nope. Think. Let me think. Like... I, I like the Satan fight as well. Yeah, the Satan fight is really cool. I like that it's just, like, such a big sprite. And, like, the the game doesn't deal a lot in really huge kind of bossy monsters like that. And I like that, like, the three forms where you fight the Fallen, then you fight Satan, then he gets stompy. Yeah, yeah. It's a really really, uh, well-done fight. The, The lamb fight itself is actually really well done. Is uh, it? Yeah, I, see. <laughs> I really like it. I think that, like, even though parts of it are a bit unpredictable, I really like the fight itself. 
Because I was just thinking, like, you know how you're saying nobody does dark room because yeah, nobody does ch- dark room because the chests are all red. And I was thinking about that because it does seem like dark room is really as a floor is just a copy of the chest where it's just bosses every room mm-hmm. and they're empty rooms and there's really no reason to go that way. Yeah, like and the, then, lamb, the lamb is a different boss than just another, you know, just a recolored Isaac essentially. Kinda. He's, they're similar. They're very, very similar. You know, it's just like their bullet patterns are different, yeah. and their movement patterns are different. That's about it. Like, whereas the lamb is an entirely new boss that has like cool new attacks that you didn't see before. Oh yeah, I thought you were saying Isaac and the lamb were similar. No, 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 no. Blue baby and Isaac. I mean, I understand why they're yeah. in the same fight. I understand that entirely, but I just think that like the lamb is a more exciting boss fight. Yeah, but it's still not enough to make that path worth going down. No, it's not. Like, all they'd have to do is change those fucking chests to gold chests, and, like, people would not be so one-sided with it. Yeah. I just think, like, considering that floor is the only real new content they added. Yeah. I mean, not not really new content, but, like, new floor in yeah. the Rebirth. Yeah. The, the floor itself is kind of a letdown when it's just the chest again. Yeah, yeah. And, and and visually, it's not even all that striking. Yeah, Mega Satan's another fun boss too. Yeah, Mega Satan is really <laughs> fun. Like like it's ridiculous in the right kind of way because it's just like here's everything. Yeah, literally, like literally everything. Yeah, literally everything. It's just like well, it's I like that you fight two angel, like two dark angels, because it's just like okay, I beat that guy. Oh, okay, another one for no reason. Sure, well, why the, not? There's two different. There's the white and the red one. Are they? I can't yeah. remember. It's been a long the, time since I fought Mega Satan. The one with red bandages is harder. Okay, yeah. Because th- one of them does, like, diagonals. Yeah. Yeah. Another boss I hate is Mega Fatty. <laughs> I, I only don't like Mega Fatty because, like, his jumps are unpredictable. Because sometimes yeah. he'll jump and be off screen for, like, you know, maybe a half a second or so. And then there's another one where he's off screen for like 10 seconds or, or for like 10 frames, 20 frames or yeah. something and crashes right back down. It's like, that yeah. seems a little unfair. He was scary as the lost. Yeah. Cause you, you just don't stop moving. Cause yeah, you, you just never know when that fucker's going to jump. Yep. And we have successfully put John and Hutch to sleep. Yes. No, I'm, no, here. I'm, I'm still asleep. here. So <laughs> any more emails? Like then? Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Mr. The Horch. I want to thank you for joining us on this very long-winded podcast that we do. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed your time being here. Um, I'm very tired. Uh, and you're very tired. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, oh, no, no. I was going to say, yeah, it's great to be here. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Just once, I want to hear somebody be honest and say, yeah, I didn't really dig it all that much. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's you know what I will say actually it's good that there was a lot of discussion about things I know nothing about because it gave me an opportunity to not take over the whole <laughs> the whole podcast. My favorite part of the episode was when Hutch didn't talk. That's pretty much everybody's favorite part. So where can we find you if we're looking to see what you're up to online and stuff, Mister the Horch? Uh, uh, you can find me, I suppose, on my. Um, my youtube channel um it's the only the only thing i have that still aside from the socks uh forum that still has the hutch on it it's just the true hutch on youtube Mm -hmm. 
uh, look forward to look forward to some more LPs, and that's happening like literally this week. Um, so look forward to more stuff from me real soon. Um, otherwise, I'm on Twitter and Tumblr, both styles Rockman. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, John, where are we finding you? Farawaytimes.com. Uh, cool. Rhett, where are we finding you? N3.tumblr.com. And I'm Polly, and you can find me at my own dumb website. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.